Let's try take two. Let's see if that's yeah, that's better sound wise. Yeah, but who doesn't want to dance to that song twice? Who cares? The, the fact nice. that you and Bree did the exact same <laughs> dance is my favorite part. Both just your we arms tucked even, in. You're like we weren't even looking at each other when we if started. If a T Rex could dance, that's what it would look like. <laughs> oh yeah. If a Santa could dance, he'd look like you. Yeah, well, because I'm awesome. I don't. <laughs> I don't know what you want out of me there, but. Uh, Little did you know, T-Rex can dance. So we are 99 years old, the New Utah Podcast. If you are listening... 99 years. If you are listening to this, the New Utah Podcast, um, and you don't know how you got here and you didn't know it was the New Utah Podcast, good for you! (laughs) Go look us up and add us to your subscribe list, and sorry your friend sucks and listens to our show when they're hanging out with you. Um, (laughs) 99 episodes. 99 weeks. 99. 99. Almost... uh, It's like a Toto song. We're not even two yet. Nothing's like a Toto song, except every other song they play in the grocery store. The winds in you know Africa. That song? that song is so Aww. fucking dumb. They really, really have bad. a song called Ninety. Uh, so we are a podcast all about Utah. Um, like Red Balloons. Ninety Nine Red Balloons. That song sucks too. The German version. I like Ninety Nine yes, Red Balloons. Also, the Goldfinger version. They both suck. German version. They're terrible sure. songs. No, I like Ninety Nine. Ninety Nine Red Balloons. The How Red Balloon Toy Store. Ninety Nine bottles of beer. Are those still, is, that, <laughs> <laughs> is the Red Balloon Toy cool. Store still around? I don't think so. That was a, there was that a bunch was a of mean them. side eye. There was a side roll. Yeah, side eye roll. <laughs> yeah, but let's face it. There used to be Toys R Us. Well, there's somebody some might buy it. Yeah, about like two weeks ago. No, I thought was it gone? Like Toy Mogul. Might buy it. Good for them. The stores are still getting liquidated. It doesn't change that fact. Maybe they're just buying the stuff. Buy it and fill it back up. It was interesting, though, because we went in. um, I went in right when the news broke just to see, and I'm like, yep, this is why Toys R Us is going out of business. Like, you go into the store, and it just felt gross and dingy and crappy, and the toys were overpriced. Felt like Walmart? No, Walmart's nicer than the Toys R Us <laughs> was. And and so, well, then Bree and I, um, we went to dinner with some friends across the street from the Toys R Us, the only one that I think is left in, in Salt Lake Valley. Uh, they're on State Street. And we went into Toys R Us after dinner, and they had started their, you know, liquidation sale. And the way liquidation sales We should have invited is, our friends to go with us. You know, 10, 15, 20, 30% off, and it gradually gets more and more until they get rid of all their stock. To go toy shopping? To get to all this yeah. less the crap that's 90%. Adult toy shopping is but fun. We go in there, and they're like, yep, this, yes, these toys aren't part of the sale. Like, none of the Legos were part of the sale. None of the American Girl dolls. The stuff that they could easily liquidate online yeah. for a full price. So none of the good stuff. We got a yo-yo and we got uh, a fidget cube a fidget holder. Cube holder. So it's the knockoff Legos, whatever those are called, the Mega Blocks. Mega Blocks. Yeah. You know, surprisingly, Mega Blocks get. Mega Blocks are cool. No, they're not. They yeah. suck ass. They're so <laughs> shitty. The great big ones are cool. No, those are Duplo. That's also a Lego product. No, the great big ones that come in the little wagon thing. That's Duplo. Duplo. Oh. They are a Lego product. Uh, Mega Blocks is the knockoff Lego. I and the bricks those are Mega Blocks. Because they don't have the patent. The bricks don't stick together as well. <laughs> but what's crazy is all the licensing rights that Mega Blocks gets. Like they got the Halo ride and a whole bunch of other crazy properties that they get the rights to that Lego doesn't. But they're still just shit. <laughs> they're just garbage. So Jeff is obsessed with Dancing Baby Groot that we got at, at Toys R Us. Like, if he's off 
Jeff will take him into the into his office, but the fluorescent lights really do turn him on. So he'll be I off. I told you they I, would be funny. When he he'll be off when I get to lights work. don't turn anyone on. <laughs> they turn baby group baby the baby group on. Those aren't fluorescent. <laughs> when I get to work in the morning, he's just standing still, and I leave the lights off until Shauna comes in. She she comes in, she turns on the light, and slowly he just starts moving. And moving and moving, and then all of a sudden he's just moving and moving and moving, and, moving and, he, and he moves all day long. Maybe he's possessed. No, he's so, no, he's, he's, he's solar powered. He's light, <laughs> he's light powered. Um, I'm gonna be playing with this cap from uh, from the the bottle of beer. All, Talisman. All it's a cool night. cap. It is. It is. So we do have an interview with uh, the owner of one of the owners of Talisman Brewery up in Ogden. Uh, some. Why do you say Talisman instead of Talisman? Talisman. <laughs> So I fucking say it. Why do you think you're Irish? Rain, you're rain, no, she's Irish. She I'm Irish. English. Legit. I'm Irish. That's what English. I think. You know who's Irish is the people at Talisman Brewing. Welsh. Welsh, yep. It's all the same fucking place, guys. <laughs> it's all the same place. They're all... So I was watching uh, Baskets uh, today when you came in, Jess, and the episode right before you came in, uh, they were having a birthday party, a surprise party for Martha, and they went to a Basque restaurant. <laughs> Basque food is delicious. <laughs> she's like, what, are they, what is Basque? I always thought they were just... Offshoots of the gypsies that didn't want to be part of Spain. <laughs> Bass churros are some of the most delicious treats you'll ever eat. Talk about a people that no one actually likes. That's the Basque for you. No one really likes them. They're kind of like the Kurds. No one likes the Kurdish people either. Like all the countries around them are like, like cheese? we don't fucking want you here. <laughs> and they're like, well, just give us some land to make our own country. They're like, nah, go to Iraq. And Iraq's like, nah, fuck you. Go up to Turkey. And Turkey's like, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> and then they're back in Iraq and Saddam Hussein's like, mustard gas. <laughs> <laughs> this history lesson brought to you by <laughs> Talisman Brewing. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty, pretty top-notch <laughs> history lesson. Yes. But the Basques are in a similar in a similar spot. Like they're not really loved anywhere except for in Basque country, which is like northern Spain, I think. Right. I don't. Yeah, is that where Basque land is? Is yes. northern Spain? I'm sure. It. Well, no, they've had like crazy shit happen, like crazy Basque terrorist attacks. It's similar to like what goes on in, in Palestine and Israel, or in the old old parts of Ireland when English still had a lot of control. When he had the IRA bombing shit all the time. When there were potato issues. No, no Nobody. potato issues in the eighties. <laughs> yes. Wow, your history is just <laughs> fucked. <laughs> There will always be I don't potato know issues. anything about what you're talking about. I like potatoes. <laughs> I like potatoes too. Yeah, I like that Irish. See, that's why I'm Irish. Oh my <laughs> <laughs> or from or Idaho. No, I'm not from Idaho. I work with someone from Idaho. No. I'm from Idaho. Not There's Idaho. nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with Idaho, guys. It's our hat. It's the Utah. It's hat. our hat. It's Utah's hat. It's our little it's Jimmy like a cap. It's It really kind of is. Teacher, like a little bit. Well, the I've been in the corner so long, and it's just kind of tilted, floppy. You went to grab it, and it's like crinkled. But for being a dunce, we sure do spend a lot of money on lottery tickets up there. So, and potatoes. Oh my god. <laughs> Stop with the fucking potatoes. <laughs> so if you want to talk farm talk, it's, um, what is it, April 15th, 17th, April 17th. We had a blizzard this morning. Yes, we sure did. And we had awesome. the windstorm from hell. I was expecting. Oh, my God, that yes, was, it was bonkers. Toto and a farmhouse to come flying by. I know 
Chris's barbecue got all blown around. Yeah, our, I like our, moved my barbecue grill. Our table cover got all blown off. My compost box got picked up and thrown across the yard. Our fence blew down again. So I replanted my plants in bigger pots, and I have not put them outside yet, thankfully, because they'd be dead now. Um, I don't. They're going they're... gangbusters. Eh, eh, sort of. They, don't they really them. are. They're doing all right. Um, I'm all I've done is put water in them. <laughs> yeah, but you rotate them. You're still paying attention. Eh, Not eh. as much as he did in the beginning. Do you read to them at night? Uh, no, but I think them. Boone is trying to eat them. I'm pretty sure my cat's in the night. You should put music next to them. You know, um, you can plant uh, the catnip. I could. What do I plant? Then to if keep, they chewed on it, who cares? What do I plant to keep cats out of my mint. yard? They don't like mint. <sighs> Plant mint and they won't come in your yard. They don't Put like it. Put barking dog sounds in your yard. <laughs> I'm going to. I'll like insert them. Like so, as soon as they cross over line, it's like. Yeah, just motion sensor dog barks. Yeah. Like, <laughs> done. It would Can not you piss off me? any of your fucking neighbors. The cool thing I don't about, care. I have to listen <laughs> to this cat meow at my house every day. The Eat cool it. thing about mint it. is that it smells really good too. <laughs> no, feed I, that cat and then it'll go away. I said feed it. <laughs> Give it food, not eat it. This is not my cat to feed. Go get some trash pandas. Cats don't like them. <laughs> Actually, I've never seen one in Eagle Mountain. Just Canada. plant mint. I promise. It'll don't. smell good. You can use it for cooking. And you if you step mojitos. on it, it smells good. Can I lovely. put, can I do peppermint? Uh -huh. I don't want to plant regularly. But, it, but, yes. be, but be careful yeah. because it's, it's like a weed. Like, don't buy a ton of it. It's not quite like sage, though. That stuff's crazy. Yeah, it'll, it, it grows a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, and it it takes nothing. Like you, it takes no care, and you don't have to do anything to it. It just grows and grows and grows. Even break it, keep it alive. It's true. I had mint all along the side of the house you that you helped me. You can pee on it, and it lives. You just probably don't want to put it in your mojito right awkward. after you peed on it. My backyard. Not for me. I peed in my backyard. <laughs> you have? <laughs> oh yeah. I peed on it two days ago. <laughs> I was outside cleaning off the, the bucket with all the grout. You need a, an outhouse like my own. I uncle. had to pee really bad and I'm like, I don't want to fucking go in the house, so I walked around to the side and peed on the side of the house. <laughs> if I look you on could, face yeah, right if you can see her disapproving look. <laughs> I don't give a shit. <laughs> this is why God did not give me boy children. Look, here's the thing. Guys have a dick for a reason. It is it is so you can point it at things and relieve yourself quickly. I don't have to squat. I don't have to wipe anything off. I just give it a couple shakes and it's good. <laughs> so you can point it at things. Yeah. Here you go. Have you ever written your name in the snow? Because I have. <laughs> I can't say I've ever tried. I'm you, sure if I, I bet tried, it would be interesting. I bet I could. It would be like an abstract painting when you were With done. a whole bunch of footprints <laughs> in it because you'd have to keep walking to do it. You had a funnel. <laughs> it can be like an underline. It can be like underlined. Just make that. Just get a funnel. You could be like the chicken uh, in uh, Step Brothers. The wife. <laughs> she's like, she jumps into the bathroom and she's like, I got to piss. She lifts up her leg and points it in the urinal and starts peeing. <laughs> None of this is enticing to Bree. She hates all of this. <laughs> so Super Troopers is coming out this oh, weekend. Yeah. I got invited to the opening last night, but I didn't. I, I really want to go see it. And I'm like, Bree, we should go see that. She's like, uh, fuck no. <laughs> you didn't like the first one? <laughs> Have you guys not figured out that I don't like that kind of humor yet? <laughs> like, I just, I don't, 
stupid. I don't. There's enough stupidity in the world. I don't need to see it on purpose. So uh, our our yard is also now a uh, a garbage dump. I just don't understand that. It's so aggravating. So our our house, for those of you who don't know, our backyard's on 6200 South. And since we've had the fence incident of 2017, when someone decided to run into our fence uh, this last year. Um, now we have a temporary fence up. It's just that green fence netting, basically to deter my stupid chihuahua from trying to get out of the yard. And, and I don't, and I don't think I think it helps keep other animals from kind of coming in too, because it makes me nervous to let this little teeny tiny dog that's that's known every friendly animal ever go out in the backyard when there's the potential for like a big, mean, aggressive dog that's just wandered in off the street and has so, nobody watching them. But because it's not like an actual fence. Um, on the regular, like every time I go out there, there's new garbage. People so, just like just chuck their shit. Like walking by, no, no, it's definitely someone fucking throwing it over the fence when they're walking by. Because it's like it's like empty beer cans that they've crushed and chucked, or like there was a Monster Energy drink. I was just can. gonna say the one I saw there was Monster. There was a fucking Seven Eleven cup that was empty that they just chucked over, there, and it's all just chucked right in that they're area. They're like these people must not care about their yard because their fence is broken. We'll just throw our trash here. So, but I did clean up all the fence. Uh, I think that was last week, though. Bria started tiling the bathroom. It's looking lovely. Looks good. Uh, hopefully, it'll be done before graduation. Um, it will be done before graduation, but unfortunately, we will be sharing our bathroom with uh, two teenage girls when Cassie gets home. Negative. We will be done before then. No, we won't. I did the math, and I figured out the weekends, and we <laughs> won't be done. Son of a bitch. Uh, also this weekend, um, you can see if your neighbors will let it, you use the shower in one of their motorhomes next door. They had, apparently the reason they've had so many vehicles <laughs> so, in their yeah. yard is because their daughter and her husband had to move in with them for a short time. Uh, and all their shit, and they moved out. And I had to tell them, you guys need to not park in your driveway. I know you don't already just park on your fucking lawn, but you need to not park right here on Friday because that big ugly fucking pine tree is getting trimmed professionally for me finally on Friday. I'm like, and it would really be nice if your cars weren't there so they could actually get to it. Uh, and they were like, oh, our daughter's moving out, so we're going to have less people here. We're going to be able to take this other RV back up to what they called the recreational property. <laughs> recreational. Property. That's how they worded it. Also known as a big property. empty piece of land. Yeah, uh, where they just hey, but their... that house down the street sold. Finally. Like, finally. What, three weeks later. Four weeks. <laughs> finally, but less the one than on the a corner. month, and it the one on the sold. corner. I thought it was gonna yeah. sell faster. And Did I you see all the junk on the corner yeah, now? Yes. That. Are they I, selling it? Are they moving? No, I'm pretty sure they just left it there for the new buyer. Should it get snowed on? I'm assuming. I don't know. I don't know. Not that but that's just rude couch. to do. But people, if you're moving out of your house and you don't want your shit, and you're get roommates. rid of it. Don't Let me just be clear. So I think in order to move into the neighborhood now, there's a requirement that you have a truck that represents the inverse of how big your dick is because the guy that lives there now has a gigantic fucking yellow truck. I have not noticed any fish. <laughs> like, like too hey, big I to fucking pull into their garage. My roommate left a bunch of stuff and I said, hey, are you going to take all this? And he says, no, but yours now. And I said, uh, no. And he said, well, I'll, I'll come by in a month or so. And I was like, no, I can charge you a rental fee to store it. Did, I didn't hear back from him. <laughs> did you give him a security deposit back? Uh, no, that was actually the rest of his rent. Uh, yeah, fuck, fuck that. So when I moved out, this is years ago, but I was living with two roommates at the time, uh, Nate and Amanda, and um, we lived in a house downtown on, in the 9th and 9th area. Um, 
by Stabby Smiths, and, <laughs> like like a block and a half from Stabby Smiths, and we'd lived there for about a year, year and a half, and the landlords were piles of shit, and uh, one roommate was moving to Arizona, and the other one was moving to Chicago, and they both left, and left all their shit, and I had to fucking deal with it. Fifteen but, days to get to sell it all. Oh no! I just I just fucking dumped it all. I just put it out on the curb and called the DI to take what they could, and then left the rest for the landlords because they didn't give us a security deposit back. So I'm like, "Fuck you, deal with it, bitches." <laughs> well, even just Cassie just being the last one to move out of her dorm room. I mean, the time that we spent going through the stuff that people were like, "Yeah, I don't want this." <laughs> What was ridiculous, and we ended up with like a chair and a bookshelf and uh, furniture is the worst when you're a college student to be the last one. Oh yeah, because everyone just and it's not uh, good furniture. No, it's like shitty fucking Walmart like junk stuff. It's that's di reject. Yeah, that's furniture. all. That was fucked up when they got it, and more fucked up because you're in college and you've just destroyed it. Stained with who knows what bodily semen. Gross. Did you have to be specific? Yeah, poop. <laughs> Probably fecal matter on some of it. Well, and now both Jeremy's and and our daughter are, are headed off to, to college, and they both know where they're staying. Although Jeremy's daughter seems to have gotten the better end of the deal because she's got a private room and a private bathroom, and Sean has a closet. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty small. <laughs> Her bedroom is the width of the length of a long twin, and it's the depth of the the width of the bed, a desk, and a little closet. That's it. It's about half the size of this room. And it's an old one, isn't it? No, no she actually got... Newer did, it, the new did we, did we tell you that she got she got spoiled? We didn't tell you because she got spoiled? Well, we talked about the old, decrepit one. Right, yeah, but we didn't she tell got, you she, she got, got spoiled. Moved. She got okay. moved. She's in the brand new ones now. She, she, got, she got her single room in the brand new so ones. So new, but tiny. Yeah, but it's, it's much, much smaller. But she'll have a balcony, which is kind of cool. Who gives a fuck about a balcony? It's not off of her bedroom. No, but it's She had a balcony cool. in the other one, too. She just had to open the front door. We did the milk <sighs> challenge off the balcony at the U. That's gross. Don't... You know what? No challenges. Don't, do Don't mention no. challenges because Sean's our... on the cinnamon challenge our twice. dumbass daughter. I had to, like, seriously sit down and tell her, do not eat a Tide Pod. You did not seriously. I did too. Yeah, I did you, too. You might have more done than it, but one occasion. I'm like, she would have seriously, eaten I'm not pod. joking. Don't eat a Tide Pod because <laughs> she tried the cinnamon challenge twice. Because it went so well. Because the first, the first time. time when you tried to put a fucking spoonful of cinnamon in your mouth, you didn't almost die. Let's go ahead and try it again. <laughs> anyway, enough about our stupid kids. Um, <laughs> Goddamn. There has to be something worth mentioning. Okay, I'm going to hold on. I'm going to vent for a second. Um, so RSL played on Wednesday last week. Uh, got their asses kicked four to nothing in New York. Um I'm tired of the excuses. It's not good enough. They can't. If they're losing by one goal, I get it. But to lose four to nothing to that team, regardless of how good they are, is bullshit. Uh, so I'm annoyed. Uh, hopefully we don't lose this fucking weekend. Now it's just me wishing that we don't lose when I go to games, um, which is kind of sad. Uh, but it's like being a Dolphin fan. The Royals. Yeah. <laughs> the Royals had their home opener. And they I lost saw your their tweet. First game. What the hell? Oh, okay. So 
was the weirdest thing was happening. So, okay, so watching the game, right? Set it up, though. Sold out stadium. Yeah, sold out stadium. Now, sold out because they had the whole South End blocked off for the concert afterwards. But, okay. but I so, think they could have actually sold Yeah, but still, like 19,000 people, they sold a bunch of standing room only tickets. So, sell out stadium. Um, part of it is is they have, what's her name, Rachel Platt or Platten. whatever, Platten. Mm-hmm. Um, Who I recording heard ruined. Artist. This is ruined. Oh, my the God. The national anthem four times, right? So, anyway. Three different times. She asked for the words. Yeah, so she gets up. She should have had the words. She gets up to sing the anthem. And she's there in the middle of the field. And it's quiet, and they're airing this. So first off, they're, they're airing air, it on Lifetime. Rape Vision has the rights to nationally televised games for the Women's Soccer League, which makes total sense. But I was joking with Bree prior to watching the game. I'm like, oh, I just got to wait for this 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 rapey show to stop, and then the soccer game will be on. She's like, what? I'm like, it's on Lifetime, Rape Vision well, Central. And so before the Rachel <laughs> Platten crap happens, the lineups come up. So before soccer, no, every every just, time we're not we're not there yet. You just, oh, okay. you just wait a second. So anyway. So so then the game goes to start and I watched the rest of the five minutes of the show. Turns out it was actually a show about a serial rapist. Uh, <laughs> so my, my thought of it being like a rape show was correct. So then they start going through, during all this, by the way, they start going through pregame and they're throwing up lineups and then fucking lifetime just keeps switching it to some other rape show, like in the middle, like of, right the in the middle of the rape show. Like, like, like I, I didn't even get to see the lineup for two seconds and now I've got this and then like it cuts back and we see like a splash of the second lineup of the other team and then it goes back to rape vision finally they fix that so then it comes <laughs> so then it comes time for the game to start and they're doing the pre-game the national anthem that they're televising and Rachel and like Rachel Platt she's great there. she's doing a concert and she's awesome so they got you know she gets up there she goes to start singing and she, you know uh, she starts out the national anthem um, and what uh, it's oh say can you see and then she goes yeah. by the stop stop star- and then she just stops and then she stops and it's like, and she's like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let and me start again. Like, so oh, she starts say, all over again. See by the stars. Star- she says stars again. And she's like, can someone, she- can someone give me the line? And then. So they do. And so the, the fucking stadium is like singing it. And then, so she starts over again. And she, and still, she still says sings stars. The right do you think it's like pressure? Like, why do you, hey. how? I don't know. You know what I think it is? Don't I think it's, sorry. I think it's <laughs> arrogance. Like, I think it was, it was probably, I don't need to practice this song. I'm a professional singer and I know the words to the national anthem. everybody always rips people, but I feel like, like, that's a big stage to, that's a lot of pressure. No, she's a fucking platinum recording artist who does concerts all the time. She should be able to fucking do that without fucking it up so hardcore. She's not the average Joe Schmo that is getting a chance to sing in front of a crowd of 19,000. She's singing in front of a crowd of 19,000 that and she's rape done shit. before on rape TV. <laughs> it's like, li- it's like live TV, but it's, well, see, Hallmark is like fun, like not fun, but like savvy like family sa- movies. Yeah, like Lifetime is that same movie style with rape <laughs> and kidnapping and, and, and wife abuse. Yeah. Like it's, it's all the bad things about being a woman. Lifetime tries to show those to you. So you feel better about yourself or something. I don't know. Um, anyway, no, I mean, I think it's cool that they have, they have soccer games there because, um, they'll actually air them and they probably won't have like, you know, Little League 
baseball taking right. over it's like, like searching. Yeah, it's fucking not searching ESPN. For a the thing channel. that pisses me off the most is when they have like the rights to a major league soccer game. And they're like, well, we're gonna show you like the this the, high school football game, the round of thirty-two of the Little League World Series in Japan that uh, isn't live because we recorded it last night. But we want to finish this game that's in its fifteenth inning that no one gives a fuck about. <laughs> um, and then we'll show the soccer game on delay, or we'll put it on our shitty station that no one has, ESPN News. Um, anyway, that's neither here nor there. So, so, I mean, it's good that they're on Lifetime, but it got, like, and they did some it cool, did not bode well. They did some cool stuff pregame, like some of the stories. So, like Amy Rodriguez, who's come back from uh, a massive ACL injury. Where right, she didn't but play I have a pet peeve about this. So, I get it if they talk about her having a baby, if she's like pregnant and just had the baby. Like, she's postpartum, legit postpartum. But I hate the fact that there are men out there with children and they don't say he's recovering from an ACL injury and he had to take care of his kids while he was doing that. We just give him kudos. Fuck you. Yeah, they got to say that about like, the woman, though. They pro- they probably mentioned that she was not only recovering from her ACL injury, but she has her kids that she has to take care of, too. And kudos to her. It's like, seriously? Like, is she the only one that takes care of her kids? Is her husband not help take care of the kids? I don't hear any man. I never heard mention anybody, any man's children when they're recovering from an injury. To be fair, male athletes are smart and don't have babies. They actually have lots no, of No, that's not true. Nick but Romano is, has children. To be fair, it is very uncommon for professional athletes to have kids early in their career. She's still fairly early in her career, and she has two kids, especially a female athlete. because it, And it's, it's one of the things that she said in the interview, which was, you know, when you're an athlete, you're, you're taught to put yourself above everything else, especially when you're a professional athlete, your health, your sanity, your relaxation, your mental status, that all has to come first. She's like, but I'm a mom. That all comes second to my kids, which is totally true. And any dad should say the same thing, but that's why a lot of female athletes don't have kids while they're still athletes. Cause you have a short window of being a professional athlete. Even the best like oldest professional athletes in the world, like 40 years old is fucking ridiculously old for a professional athlete in a Unless high, you're playing golf in a high impact. Well, that's not really an or athlete. bowling. You, anything that you could be drinking and fat and good at chess. Not, yeah. That's like playing blackjack at the casino. Okay. Um, <laughs> the horseshoe champions like fucking darts, right? It's not shuffleboard is not a sport. It's the one with the hole in the, you throw the corn. What was the Olympic yeah. one that we were making fun of? Curling. Curling. Those guys are <laughs> Fucking fat as shit. They are not athletes. I'm sorry. You got a beer in one hand. Being able to and the broom in the other. Sweet. Yeah, like I'm sorry. I'm sorry, curlers. You're not fucking athletes. Stop doping. Um, <laughs> Jess is looking at me like, yes, they are. God damn it. Look at her. Look I at her didn't face. Say anything. No, I just want you to talk about they train ten, twelve hours a month. Yeah. Like, you don't know. You don't go to Monday Night Curling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's one hour, so it's only like four hours a month, Jeremy. Um, so anyway, uh, but so anyway, uh, that's neither here nor there. But you know, I, I it is it is different for her to have two kids already, uh, for sure. She's fucking amazing. She got a great ovation when she came onto the field. But and I she did a really good job when she came on with the energy she had. Eighteen thousand plus people, like probably close to nineteen thousand people in that stadium. And after about ten minutes into the game, it was just quiet. 
Do you know, is that like television editing? No, or no, 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 really? no, not at all. Because you should be able to hear the if crowd. If you watch an RSL game, you can hear the crowd the whole time. The whole the way through. And and we don't have a huge stadium. Like we're not we're not the Sounders or, or Atlanta. But, Thank God. Um, <laughs> but you can hear the crowd the whole way through. Part of it is it is a new team. It's their first home game. Like there's there's not a lot of chants have been figured out. I don't know where the supporter section was. The the stadium was in a bit of disarray because of the concert. But at the same time, like it, it felt, chair. yeah, it felt to me watching the game like after about ten minutes in, the crowd just just went away, and uh, they lost. And that's all. It I'm was their say. first loss. And they still haven't won a game yet. No, but it was their first loss. But keep in mind, this was a team that was put together in fourteen days pretty amazing like it was a team rescue they were, fun to, they were really fun to watch and i think that that they're gonna be a good addition it's also something that is uh, at all levels of of the real salt lake organization has been bought in on like deloy hansen they they, they were showing it like b-roll footage from around the stadium as, as they were starting them he's out in the fucking stadium like standing there selling the opening day t-shirts to people himself like that's how bought into this this he is. He's selling T-shirts himself on I the need concourse. A jersey, and then he's, we need season tickets. He does an interview at halftime. He's wearing a fucking RSL, like an RSL or uh, 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 Royals, Royals uh, FC T-shirt. T-shirt that he's been selling. All Which game. can we say? We mentioned this during the, throughout the whole game. We are so happy that they chose that the the, the gold, yellow, the gold, yeah. Instead of you know going with a blue or red or whatever, because it's still in the family. It's still the same gold. That that's in RSL and in the Monarchs. It's a good looking jersey though. But it really differentiates. It's got them. almost almost pinstripes across it. It looks like almost like a bumblebee in a sense. Like I, I get that feeling out yeah, of it. It's great. It's, I love it. It, it. It's it's really good looking and and they look good in it. And I think it'll be nice when they have you know the two men's teams, the Monarchs and and the RSL standing together to really have them be a part of it, but stand out. And then they have a lioness is their mascot. I don't she know what of, her name is yet. I, I don't know Leo's what her name is. bitch, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> she kind of looks a little bit like the BYU Cougar, but as a lion. So, Leanna. Nala. So, see, Nala is her name. When, when we're at, when we're at the, we were at the game, uh, the, last, the last home game we were at, and, and we're, so it's against Vancouver, and we're chanting. So one of the chants that we have is when you get a when you get a player that's a piece of shit and seems to be flopping, the section will say go down no, like it. No, not that chant. Not that one. I so it, on it's them. the if you hate so and so, clap yeah, your hands. Yeah. And like well, on your own team? No, no, oh. on the team. And so Leo is actually walking by and he hears his chant and he jumps up on the wall and starts clapping his hands every time. <laughs> this year. It was great. I thought you were going to talk about the Tijuana whore chant. No. Not I everyone, love that chant. Everyone knows that chant. So my favorite thing, and, and I guess Chris has never noticed this before, is when we're sing, singing the national anthem, when it talks about the... The, the bombs the bursting bombs, air. Yeah. Everyone, we go... We, the section yells boom. It's, it's not just the section anymore. Well, I know. It's like most of the stadium now yells boom, like really loud. So the kids line up right in front of us on our side of the field that run out onto the field before the game. And I've known I've noticed this for years, and I guess Chris has never noticed it, but they don't know to expect that. And when you yell "boom," 
almost every single one of them jumps like a foot off the ground. Some of them have fall. So I've watched kids funny. fall down. Can record it next time? It is so fucking it's funny. So I'll record funny. it so we can put it up on the site. It's, it's okay. fucking hilarious. Um, okay, that's enough. I swear to God, that's enough RSL talk. No, but speaking of sports, did you see that yesterday a woman from Ogden, I think she lives in Arizona now, she went to Weber State University, came in second at the Boston Marathon. I did see that. that. And a woman won for the first time. That's fucking cool. Place. Amazing. That's cool. But it was only her second marathon ever. Honestly, yeah, the only other one she won was the Ogden Marathon. Might only, no, Huntsville. That Huntsville might only marathon. be, oh, first off, who goes to Huntsville? But second of all, she that might did? only be because most of the guys are too scared of getting bombed again. Oh, really? That was way too soon. <laughs> I don't think it was way too soon. The bombing was a while ago. It was like five years ago. You've got to be able to joke about it. <laughs> Anyways, that's really cool. Yeah, it is cool. So are there any events like that, like a marathon happening in Salt Lake in the next two weeks? <laughs> Actually, there is. God damn it. Did, was that really like not a purposeful setup? No, I didn't yeah, know. Yeah, the Salt Lake Marathon is this weekend. We talked about it last one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so avoid downtown Salt Lake on the 21st. Uh, it covers quite a large spectrum of area and it starts at 7 a.m. Is that Friday? No, it's Saturday. I will be at the RSL game. Fuck downtown. Oh, perfect. Um, anyways, that's your reminder just to avoid what downtown. Or you can go run. The bike route. That's in the summer. Yeah, that's in the summer. That's okay. until August and September, like the end of August. Um, we talked about Time and Place has their classes coming back for the spring. Their first one is Moss Arrangements, which I love Moss. Moss is amazing. Um, hopefully she still has room. You can check her out at Time and Place on Facebook and see if there's still space on the 18th. Something else I'm not sure if there's space. Uh, I did talk about it a couple weeks ago just so that it was like in your mind. But Sugar House Distillery is doing a distiller series with Caputo's on their, uh, up at their 15th and 15th location. And um, it's it's just like an Ask a Distiller series. So, I mean, why why wouldn't you want to go talk to James? James Do you have any more amazing. events that are probably sold out? Yes. That we can mention? Probably. I have one that's not sold out. I don't know. I said, I, I said I'm not sure if it's sold I'm out. I'm just giving you shit, Jeff. So, Calm down. Um, Cambodian New Year's this weekend. That's right. That's so right. you can head to the temple. Remember, it's the year two. It's year two for them. Year two. Oh my goodness, you guys are weirdos. Uh, you can go to the Meet the Cider Maker, but that's not going to be sold out with Mount West Cider at We All Live. That's on the 24th. Then we can fast forward to next week, and I bet you this is not sold out yet, but the int another intro to find chocolate. So I believe they do that at the end of the month, every month. And... Um, Something so I started reading about this event that Devour Utah, which is a local food magazine, is putting on. And the way I read it, I was like, oh, cool, they're going to be going through neighborhoods in Park City. But then I got reading about the neighborhoods, and I'm like, this is not in Park City, but it's actually um, the Park City Culinary Institute. So that's where they're starting. Yeah, that's in, that's it's in Salt on, Lake. It's in area. Salt Lake, yep. It's on a bus. And so it's limited limited space. This is on the 29th. It's $52. And they're going to five different restaurants in different neighbors neighborhoods around the valley. So holiday, Cottonwood Heights. Thank you. Um, I'm just too short for this chair. Um, so it's like the fun bus that you see going to Wendover. I don't think that's the same thing, Jerry. <laughs> but cooler. So I kind of want to do that for my birthday this year, by the way. 
the fun bus whenever you should go on the drag bingo fun bus i've I've never done a fun bus and i hear great things and horrible things about i've heard both yeah i've heard do the drag bingo drag one you will have way more fun on that one do both sides of that spectrum so i'm thinking i think it's probably based on who goes with you so for those of you that don't know what the fun bus is, it's a bus that travels from Salt Lake area to Wendover, Nevada. And it's super uh, cheap. It, it's like nothing. It's like 12 bucks, and then they give you that much back in vouchers to eat at shitty food in Wendover. But you get to Wendover. You, you leave the, it like noon on a Saturday or Sunday, and you get back at like on the bus? 9 at night. Uh, officially, no, but my understanding is everyone does. They do on the drag one. Um, but officially, no, you're not supposed to. Um, open container laws and what have you, but... Uh, so then you get to Windover, you gamble and drink your ass off, and you get to get on another bus at like two in the morning and drive back to Salt Lake. <laughs> that that bus coming home probably smells like vomit and regret. Well, and that's what I was like. <laughs> what uh, does regret smell like? It's like uh, a Windover fun bus. Smells like shit covered in vomit. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> I can't imagine. I can't the talk about food anymore. There's no. Oh, sorry. sorry. Sorry about the the food bus. You said it was like the fun bus. Oh, Jeremy. Oh, well, you. <laughs> that was me. I, you I, guys I, said it was like the fun bus. So it's gonna hit uh, Twin Sons and Sugar House, uh, Carmines. Um, let's see, Park City Culinary. That's Institute, the only reason you fucking know about Dad it. Dad's Grill. What? Carmines. That's Isn't that your Italian it. place that you no. like? Oh. Paranoia is the Italian Paranoia. place I like. Oh. Anyways. Paranoia Italian eatery. So you can go to, to <laughs> devourutah.com. It's like watching me when I eat. Not paranoid. They give you weirdos. when you walk Paranoid. P-R-N-O-I. Weirdos. Uh, it's paranoid. Okay. Italian 27th. Do you guys know about the Wasatch Comic Con? Have you heard about it? Chris, do you know anything about it? No. Oh, well, the 27th and the 28th at Valley Fair Mall, Valley Fair Mall, excuse me, uh, they are holding a free little Comic Con put on by the Nerd Store. You said it was the Ogden Comic Con, though? No. Where oh. did Ogden come from? I thought from? that's what you said is Ogden. Wasatch Comic Con oh. at Valley really? Fair Mall. I like the Nerd Store. That's cool. Put on cool. by the Nerd Store, and it's just featuring local, local uh, comic artists and... This is our first one, so if you need something to do that weekend, that'd be super fun. I think fun. Hoffman's going to be there yeah, with the Salt is. City Strangers, which is, by the way, a really good comic. That whole so series. is, I think, Trump. That's also Hoffman's. Yeah, I know. Um, so last week we had Barry Hancock on, who flies World War II planes, and the Liberty Foundation on the 28th and 29th is bringing the, um, the a B-17 up to the airport and you can get flights and they didn't have any pricing yet. You kind of have to email them and can they get drop a you out of the Can they drop you out of the bomb hatch with the parachute on? I feel like no. Which airport are they going to be at? Up at the Salt Lake Airport. The airport? Yes. Well, when they had, uh, they had an airport too. Uh, yeah, they had it at West airport. Jordan. And that was... that That's was down the street from my house. That was the replica of the Memphis Bell. So, but this is the... Uh, I can't even read my own writing. Anyways, <laughs> but it, anyways, it's coming and it's going to be amazing. So even if you don't get a chance to fly in because the flights are expensive, it costs a lot of money for these planes to fly. I think I was reading about this plane. It's like $4,500 to, to just fly this plane. And so, um, the money goes back to the organizations. I think when we took my dad, it was like four, four twenty-five for like an hour so it's definitely worth the experience they take old 
veterans up in these planes when they come to town. And even if you don't fly in it, you can go watch it fly. I swear to God, there's lots of cool shit to do in Utah. It's true. I mean, Jess just rattled off a whole bunch of stuff. Um, you're going to hear more cool stuff the Talisman does up in Ogden. We talked uh, about one of the events they did a couple of weeks ago with I, the Olive. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so there's there's so much fucking stuff to do here. Utah's such a great place, uh, as evident by... I, evident. Try, I try to get, like, a broad spectrum, like, up and down the Wasatch Front, so it's not just, like, all centered here in Salt Lake. Yeah, but. E- evidenced by how many fucking people are moving here. <laughs> it's insanity. Do I actually have a question for you, Jeremy, about this. Mm-hmm. Why... Why is it, and maybe Chris, you know too, maybe Bree, you know with insurance, but why is there so much high density housing? Do they feel like people will never be able to afford homes? Uh, You mean new high density housing? Yeah, it's everywhere. Most of the high density housing came about because of the crash eight or nine years ago. It takes that long to get everything developed and pushed through. That's when most of it was started. Yeah, so I mean, it's always existed, but it just feels like an abundance right now. Well, so there's there's a couple there's a couple of big factors. So what Jeremy said is true, but also we do have a massive housing shortage, and one way to overcome that is higher density housing. We also have, especially in the Salt Lake area, no room for houses. So now when you build stuff, you you have to build it with that in mind. You go up, uh, not out. Um, and even when you go out, you keep in mind, so like the newer neighborhoods that are way west, like outside west of Bacchus. You can hold hands with your neighbor. Yeah. All the new subdivisions are getting built with Whoa. much closer housing together. And so, and that's just a factor of there's no but housing. It's like, I mean, that's how it is back east. New Jersey was like that. It goes up. It goes up once you can it can put in 26 out. homes or 200 units. And 200 units, and that's a lot more money because the truth of the matter is those 200 units probably still only sell for maybe 100,000 less than the than the 20 homes. So do the math. Is it, it going to sell? Like they're building a new set of, well, they're building tons out by me, but there's one particular area. The lot sat empty for years, and then they started building, and now the buildings are empty. My, my neighbor's house sold for $300,000 in less than three weeks. And it was think? a pile of HUD. Yeah, but this is brand new, and it's been empty. Well, first off, you live in Saratoga Springs. No, I don't. (laughs) You live in Eagle Mountain. They're all they're the same place. (laughs) One's a little bit further south than the other. It's closer to the lake than the other, but they're the same place. No one wants to live out there. No, everyone's moving (laughs) out there. I wish that was the case. Well, part of why everyone's moving out there is it's closer to the Tech Center, which happens to be Point of the Mountain right there in Lehigh. Yeah. Um, so and they listen to this show and they want to be closer to Jess. It's true. It's true. They're like, well, we could either be up in Salt Lake or we could be down Been here. Currents by Chris and Bree and get shot. There's no room left in Riverdale. Hey, the last shooting was out in Magna. What the hell are you doing? I am getting a headache and the lights are hurting my eyes and you guys are freezing me out, so I'm quite uncomfortable. I brought you a blanket. You just threw it on the floor. No, I didn't. It's on my lap. <laughs> you need to wrap it like around your arms like it's uh, she's just, you. She's sitting over with her hands over her face. Can't tell she's crying or laughing. <laughs> she has a headache. We should be I'm sorry. Should we be quiet? <laughs> yeah, be quiet on the podcast. The the podcast. Let's do Turn the, the lights off. Let's do the news like this. Yeah. <laughs> you guys good with that? That would change the total tone of the news, by the way. If we did it like that. Let's, let's try. Don't let's like try. NPR style. I'm going to try it with the first article. Do you see that NPR guy so. died that's been doing NPR for like oh, 100 years? Speaking Laura of, Bush died. 
Breaking breaking news. Uh, former First Lady Barbara Bush is dead at the age of 92. Um, it was a uh, not unexpected death. No, she knew. There was there was news recently she of her knew. saying. Well, she 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 actually did. There was there was a did lot of. Did you see CBS posted her obituary like a week ago? Well, what? I mean, they're just preparing. Burps. They're preparing. Did you see that Sean Hannity was one of the three clients? Yes. Going? So I was talking to Jeff about that today, and he's the like, best. he's like, well, Sean Hannity says he never paid him for anything. He just went to him for some legal advice. Wow, that's bullshit. Uh, then I'm he like, wouldn't be on a list. I said, he would have been on a whisper. I said it doesn't matter. I said it's how it looks. Yeah. Well, if we just went by how it looks, and I said no, you do though. I said you just don't want it comes to you. It's called people. a conflict of interest. I said if he, if anybody else were to have gone on TV and not disclosed that and and talked about it, I said at the very least he could have said this is my lawyer too and this is why I love him. But he chose not to because he knew something was up. And then somebody came and interrupted us, and we didn't finish our conversation because it probably would have ended with so us being angry the, with each other. Back to the regular <laughs> Utah news. So there were two Westlake news High School students. Uh, okay, were, this is annoying. Two Westlake High School students were recently awarded a, uh, a prize in an entrepreneur challenge. Good job, kids. It is a challenge that the University of Utah puts on uh, yearly. It's one of their new entrepreneurial uh, things. These these kids made a new welding helmet, one that has a uh, microchip that's attached Can I to a weld power it to your strip head? that uh, makes sure that you can't turn on welding equipment if the welding helmet shield is not down to protect you from the immense rays that come from. I'm the gonna melt that microphone to your head. <laughs> <laughs> and the next version will have Bluetooth. Yeah. So uh, no. So the thing that they did this entrepreneurial challenge is something the U has been doing. Um, Bree and I, when we toured the U with Sean, got to walk through that new building. It's so cool. Have you been there, Jeremy? Nothing new. So it it's, is awesome. It's, you just need to drive up there. It's new technology it. center in on the bottom floor. It's like this big open learning area that was fucking packed with students when we went in There's there. There's like a place to they've eat. Got, and they've, they've got a couple big shop tables. Right in the center of campus, like mm -hmm. basically where the old dorms used to be. Oh. A um, little bit, little bit. What is that? North of where the so where yes. like the oldest storm, the, the top one was. That's yep. probably where it's at. Cool. Roughly kind that of area. By the, See, the cool things gym come gym. out of Saratoga Springs. No, they don't. Um, so anyway, so the um, whole floor, it's just nothing but them just being so in there. And so there's 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 a production facility. So there's like a wood shop. There's like four 3D printers they have access to. Mm -hmm. There's a whole bunch of little conference rooms. Um, there's uh, there's like there's a little snack. Bar. There's basically like business rooms there, so like That's cool. they have little office spaces that they can rent out, and there's like there's actual student funded and student started businesses with product and stuff in these offices. So where was up. that stuff when I was in college? Well, and the other thing, and is, then the whole top part of it is all housing, and it's for those students that are accepted in that. There's program. there's also classrooms in it, but there's a couple yeah. floors of housing. Really it's cool. like 200 some odd students, but they have to be in that special program to get it. It's it's really it was really cool. cool. So, reason to come to Utah right there. Uh, Live by Jess. So, in other news, um, you were talking about your concealed carry permit before we started. Uh, the NRA has been It kind of is, but we haven't talked about it. So, REI has joined the gun-related boycott, uh, including uh, the Walmart has done and a few others. I didn't know they were Farmington-based. I thought they were based in Salt Lake. They're a Utah company. It doesn't matter. So, REI is... Um, not going to be selling any more assault-style modern sporting rifles. So your AR-15s, your AR-10s. Uh, I don't even know if AR-10s are a real weapon. 
It might be AR-12. <laughs> I think it's an AR-10. But those those uh, those sporting hunting rifles, uh, those sport, aren't going to be available. The sporting machine guns. Yeah. Yeah. So they're not going to sell those anymore. You know, even those though, ones that you'd kill like your deer with. Uh, this article goes into depth about, you know, Vista, because Vista is basically the larger company. Um, and they have a whole bunch of different branches. But in the REI stores themselves, they're no longer going to be selling those style of guns. Really cool since fucking government won't do anything about it. It's nice to see corporations starting to take a stance. Well, I like what they they said. We believe it's the job of companies that manufacture and sell guns and ammunition to work towards common sense solutions. That's it. That if prevent, they're not selling them. Right. That prevent the type of violence that happened in Florida. Companies are showing that showing they can, can contribute if they're willing to lead. So hopefully Vista will be a lead. Technically, they'd be a follower since other people did it first, but... <laughs> Okay, do you guys want to talk uh, about the, the caucuses at all, or do you want to skip that? Skip uh, well, it. I think it's important that we make note that the Democratic Convention is coming up this month, so. Um, it, it is, um, but they kind of had their early caucus already. We talked about that, uh, where no one showed up, which was fucking awesome. Um, and I think to go to the convention, you have to be a delegate anyway. They are so. looking for delegates out by me. Um, but basically the big thing out of these, so there was a couple different stories that I had just print up. Um, one about the, the democratic, uh, stuff and one about the, the GOP stuff, but essentially, so Utah has, um, two ways to get on the ballot. One, you can get signatures. So if you get, I think it's 2000 signatures, you end up on the ballot in the primary, uh, for whichever party. Um, the other way to do it is to basically go to these caucuses, these conventions, and win enough vote that you can be put on the ballot. And if only one person shows up and you get one vote, you get to go? Yep. <laughs> yep. So there's a lot of people complaining about the signatures um, because they want to try and keep people off the primary ballot, um, especially on the GOP side. Yeah. Um, that's a big deal over there. Uh, they, they're trying to decide who goes where. Um, so just something to that's important to know about. Um, you can get on the ballot with 2,000 signatures. Uh, otherwise, you got to have like a 60% delegate vote to just win the primary outright. Oh. My God. In the case of the GOP, there were quite a few people that just won the primary ballot outright, so they're not going to be any kind of primary election for them. Listen to this in that GOP article. U.S. Representative Mia Love said her Democratic opponent, Salt Lake Mayor Ben McAdams, seeks her seat to support unrestricted abortion and use your <laughs> money to pay for it and reverse tax cuts and conservative gains. Love said her daughter told her one reason the girl is a conservative is conservative is because if you if you're a country that decides that you're going to kill our babies, you are pretty much good for nothing. Well, so here's the thing. Republicans like to kill our babies. Democrats like to stab mothers in the womb and hurt fetuses, which aren't babies. <laughs> we like we like coat hangers. Republicans like to just starve them slowly by taking Says, away McAdams Medicaid. responded quickly, tweeting, As an active Mormon, I find this attack offensive and not the way we think, do things in Utah. Typical miss mudslinging from a typical Washington insider. If she spent time listening to our issues, she could talk about that. We deserve better than partisan rhetoric and personal attack. Well, I can tell you who I'm voting for in this election, and I hope to God he beats her. 
Uh, and I will be voting, and I'm going to make my girls vote. I'm going to hold a knife to their throat. <laughs> <laughs> well, we know Cassidy. I actually don't vote. think I don't think I'm going to have to do that. My kids are very, very active in in that regard. Um, well, one is the other one's lazy as shit, but her sister will go to her. And the other, yeah, the other one will force her sister. To, but Cassidy, I, I actually wants think, her voice heard. So I actually think when I took Cassidy to uh, with me to the primary with Bernie uh, and Hillary, uh, I think that had an impression on her. <laughs> Even though she couldn't actually vote yet, uh, I don't think she voted. No, she no. could vote. Could she? Yep. But I think that had a huge impression on her because that was like the most insanity filled turnout ever uh, for, for, for an election and I think that really drove some stuff home. Uh, so you never said who you're voting for? Are you, are you just saying that you do are? Do I voting? really need to say that McAdams. out loud? That you are voting. That I'm voting for Ben McAdams over me alone. Are you fucking kidding me? That fucking I like Republican ben. puppet with a hand up her ass telling her what to say. Ben's a nice dude. Yeah, Mia loves a dumb bitch. <laughs> she won't fucking hold town halls because she's too afraid that everyone's going to tell her she's Oh, no, but it. she does because I get phone calls all the time that it just ended. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You laugh, but that's true. I've gotten two. I get mailers that, that skate the fine you. line of of campaign versus constituency mailers. Fucking me, I love, man. I hate her. Uh, I'm going to skip the shit about the special session for Governor Herbert. Just know that the legislature and Governor Herbert don't get along with how things should be happening. You can read more about it if you want. But we don't have a lot of time, so I'm going to skip that. Uh... Okay, Ooh. so Salt Lake, So we talked a couple weeks ago about Tooele County uh, suing uh, big drug companies for opioids. Salt Lake County has now joined in uh, the fight. They are also independently suing major drug manufacturers for opioid abuse, uh, opioid misrepresentation, so on and so forth. I can't participate anymore because I can no longer use my arms. <laughs> Who uses their arms to talk? Deaf I can't people. turn. <laughs> Dumbass, Chris. That was that was you was walking right into that shit. I can't look Which, at the. By articles the way, anymore. I totally signed to somebody at work the other day, and my coworkers were super impressed. Look, let me be clear: deaf people do not listen to this podcast. <laughs> you don't know it could be on that special hearing thing that they have. We get yeah. phone calls from them hear. all the time. Then they can no. hear. Anyway, my point is, is I can no longer Bruce look at the articles. Bruce signs people on the freeway quite I frequently. I do, all the time. Yeah. <laughs> she only knows one word. <laughs> I can tell you the one time I've ever flipped somebody off. I flip Once? people off all That's the time. That's it? Chris and I flip each other off. Fuck like, yeah, we do. And then we try to have sex afterwards to hold true to the promise. <laughs> Isn't that what it means? <laughs> Fuck you. She says, she'll say, fuck you to me. And I'm like, all right, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Every time. Yeah, pretty much. It's an open invitation, baby. Uh, unless he's, a unless we're actually mad at each other. Yeah, but then we don't actually say fuck you usually. Uh, I, okay. So I think this is a black. Yep. 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 Yep, whatever. I already talked about it. I don't want to spend a lot. I, I don't have anything more to say. I think it's a fantastic thing. Yeah, we talked about it a thing. couple of weeks ago. And, you know, it's where, like, it's like you said, this is where change came for tobacco companies and and whatnot. So hopefully, and this is it's not just in Utah. This is nationwide that counties are starting to to do this. 
to start suing the company. So, so uh, look out, Pacific Northwest. Uh, Salt Lake has already beaten your ass, Seattle. I hate this list. And we are really? we are fucking working our way to the top, bitches. Oh we my are God, we're a hipster number city. three, third most hipster city in the world. This is not Josh just in is the participating US. in this. He's helping. Uh, so what would be a hipster? Because that's Brighton and Hove. What you do for a hipster? Like? Bright, Brighton and Hove. How is that one fucking town? How does your town name have the word and in it? Fucking UK, man. All those Irish people up there. They don't know what they're doing. <laughs> so anyway, they're the most hipster. Followed by Portland. Then Salt Lake. Seattle coming in fourth. And Wait, then, we came in after Seattle? And then Lisbon, Portugal. That is not a place I would expect hip- hipsters. Lisbon. 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 Yeah. Like, that just doesn't scream hipster to me. But apparently, Salt Lake City is uh, the third most hipster in the world. Is it because of the tech stuff? Nope. So, the tattoo parlors, coffee shops, vegan eateries, vintage clothing stores, and record shops are just some of the things that they... Um, have created this list around. Oh, thrift stores? Are thrift stores on there? This Vintage is, clothing stores. That's, that's different. This yeah, is it's, like yeah. so it's like it's decades. Not See, I'm not, I'm not So they, they interviewed the order, owner of uh, Sound and Vision Vinyl. This is my favorite quote in the whole story. I work in a place that looks like my bedroom did when I was 14 years old. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you have to finish it. You tell no. me someone else who's got that life. No, I don't said. have to finish it because that first part is, that says it all. What's the second part? I can't hear because my arms are broken now. (laughs) (laughs) Who else got that life? All of the 14-year-olds. Right? (laughs) It is. Sounds uh, rad. Yeah, this is, uh, I I just don't, I don't get it. I don't don't don't. either. I I had a day bed when I was 14 and lace curtains. So James and I went to a uh, brunch a couple weekends ago to Public Kitchen, which is on 9th and 9th. And all the reviews I was reading on Yelp were like, this place is so hipster, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, this place is a coffee shop that serves toast and coffee. <laughs> like, this is, I don't understand how this is Probably hipster. they serve avocado toast. Well, they do. They have all different kinds of toast. Were there any man but, buns? No, no, no. Hold on. No, they there were no all, man buns. Stop. Full stop. They have all different Flattery kinds of toasts. You said they have all different kinds of toast. Avocado toast, French toast, hash and toast. All kinds. <laughs> That's fucking hipster. Yeah. Why? That it's not hipster. like Denny's where they're like wider. I make French toast, avocado no. toast. Here's what, I am not here's hipster what house. Kind of, no. Here's what kind of toast exists. Toast. You can have sourdough, white, or wheat. That's toast. There's butter, sometimes jam. That's so any, toast. So any place that offers any type of variety is considered hipster. Yeah. No, I didn't say any type of variety, but when you say they have all kinds of toast, don't eat that the, screams Don't hipster. eat the mocha French toast. It doesn't taste mocha. There's too many chocolate chips in it. <laughs> but that screams hipster to me, Jess. No. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm with you. Your also, beard screams hipster to It me. does, but I had this before hipsters came around. You don't know that? No, I do. I do. They just weren't out of the woodwork yet. No, definitely not. This is this is a lumber sexual beard. They listened beard. to this podcast, and so they wanted to be like Chris. Oh, that's a very hipster thing, by the way, podcasts. That is a real hipster thing, so we're kind of contributing I don't look way. at the geek show as hipsters. No, but... But Jimmy Martin is. Kind of. You know, okay, here's the number one <laughs> giveaway for a hipster. 
the fucking glasses. The bitches that wear fucking glasses that don't need glasses just so they can have those ugly ass fucking round black oh, rim bullshit. That was bullshit. totally me when I was like 12. 14. I was a hipster. I wasn't going to say anything, Jess, but... You go to coffee That's at a place that has cool. all toast. kinds of toast. No, we just went to brunch. We went to br- oh, we went to Rio Grande brunch. Cafe this last weekend, guys. Brunch is a hipster thing. If you have never been there, Wait, you should do, eat do there. Do you frequent farmers markets? Yes, you're a hipster. <laughs> <laughs> do I don't you, look like a hipster. I don't have a beard or. Do glasses. you like local record shops? No, because they're too expensive. Do you like records, vinyl? I do have vinyl. Okay. Um, you know what? You guys keep keep talking real quick. I'm going to do something over here. <laughs> Wait, fine. This talk amongst, make, talk amongst this yourself. This doesn't make me a hipster because I like things like that at all. Those are, I think those are the characteristics that they... Oh, he's looking up what a hipster is. Yeah, nope. Google that. We're going we're gonna to have the, Jess take Google, a quiz. Are you a hipster? Google oh, that on I Webster. Was, here we okay. go. Are you a hipster? definition of a hipster. Are we all taking it or just Jess? Just Jess, because I now I'm, my oh, suspicion Lord. is that... I'm pretty sure I am not a hipster. Just so you know. oh, too bad your picture's Choose aren't a loaded. pair of glasses, whether you would guess wear I them can't take or it. like them. What? I said too bad the pictures aren't I loading. I guess hell? I can't take it. Oh, no, we can. Hold on. <laughs> I got onto clickbait, so there's my first problem. All right, let's yeah, play. Yeah, see, that is your problem. Fuck this site. We're going <laughs> different. Uh, oh, okay. How hipster are you? Let's do BuzzFeed, because I trust BuzzFeed. Yeah, BuzzFeed's awesome. Do you look like this cat? Because that's good. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Can we, I'm going to post this quiz on Should our I blog. take it for myself? Hold on. We're going to open another one. Yeah, because it's everything that applies to you. The first two questions you. are beard questions. Those don't apply to women. It could. Well... Women that have PCOS. Okay. You have glasses? Nope. You have large glasses? Nope. You have large expensive glasses? Nope. You have large glasses? Nope. You just found an vintage shop or your dad's drawers or something? Nope. You wear large glasses even though you don't need them? Nope. You wear skinny jeans? Nope. You wear jeans so skinny that you have to jump in, <laughs> jump to nope. get in and use gravity to help you out? Nope. You have a plaid shirt? Nope. You, have, you think plaid shirts are so 2011? Nope. They're like 1990s. That's you think plaid, plaid shirts are, like are due for a comeback? They already came back. You have a collarless shirt? No. You have a collarless plaid shirt? No. <laughs> <laughs> you don't wait, have a wait, collarless shirt. You have a collarless shirt. You're wearing a collarless shirt right now. It's true. Cardigan on and a it's, wife beater. Okay, it's, it's collarless. Well, all of you are wearing collarless shirts. Hold on, shirts. hold on. Let me oh, ask this. I have a Look. There's a collar right here. This is a mock T-shirt. This is a collar. Okay, this 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 rim is a collar. <laughs> he, they're talking V-necks and shit. Yeah, <laughs> and this is a wife beater. You don't have a collarless plaid shirt, but now you want one. You all do. <laughs> Most of your clothes are vintage. No. Are you sure about that? My, I, uh, do you shop at vintage stores? You're not vintage. vintage. Yours are savers. I don't fit in vintage clothes. <laughs> well, I think that by definition is vintage. No, no, it's not. They're not vintage. I do they're have just vintage secondhand. clothes, but okay, they're not Jeremy. real vintage. They're, they're, they're like repurposed, like remade. They're not vintage. They're just secondhand. Your coat is fashionable, but not very practical. No. Your shoes aren't waterproof. Yes. That one would be the only one I can say yes to. You think the Lord... The day you discovered that trainers were both trendy and waterproof. <laughs> <laughs> no. You own dungarees. No. You wear crop, tarp, crop tops regularly. Definitely no. You have cut a t-shirt to make it into a crop top. <laughs> no. You've worn a tattoo choker in the this last year. This is like year. a 1990s quiz. No. Well, this, is, this is a lot. This is, I don't think that we have time lot. to go through all of this. Let's see if we can find a different Your one. Your man I bun. I want to see that man. You don't like One Direction. That's true. 
I do have a vinyl collection. I have plaid shirt. I have like three of them. I had them when I was in high school. I feel like I'm not hipster. Let's go to Zimbio. I'm not really... What kind of job do you have? (laughs) You're in the service industry until I figure out what I want to do. No. I work in tech. No. I'm about to launch my own business. No. It's not glamorous, but it pays the bills, so I'm happy. Yeah. That would probably be me. Hey, I'm having a party this weekend. Want to come? Yeah, I'll be there. I'll try to get there if I can. I guess, maybe. Sure. Should I bring anything? Who else is coming? That's Jess. Probably Jess I'll is try sure get should there I bring anything. <laughs> what? I'll try and get there if I can. It depends on if I have a cake that I'm making. Can that be on there? Which one's your favorite beetle? George Harrison. Which one's he? I don't, George? That's George. I don't, <laughs> I don't know what they look like. Yes, that's uh, okay. George. What's a neutral milk hotel? A famous hostel. Oh, I don't know. Code for drugs. Something I was into during college. <laughs> that's like the milk challenge. Something that shows up on my Pandora. One of the best bands ever. I'm guessing Pandora, but I actually have no idea. Okay, I'm going to say something that shows up on my Pandora. Um, no, advertisement. No. Go ahead and skip this ad. Don't what? do it. No, fuck you. Go fuck yourself. These, see, these quizzes clearly aren't true. It's fake news. God damn it. This, this article about being a hipster city is fake news. <laughs> <laughs> What's your preferred mode of transportation? There's a picture of a uh, uh, an, an economy car. Looks like a um, what you call it car. Prius. Uh, yeah. It's a Prius. It's a bike. A, a bike. A train. A Vespa. A monster truck. Or Uber. Uber. A train. Okay. Where uh, we already did this that? one. Um, we already did this one. Okay. Which, Which of these, these can most likely be so found in your closet? acid wash jeans, glasses with non-prescription <laughs> lenses, suspenders. I have suspenders no, that I wear. What about cutoffs and slogan tees? Um, I do have a slogan tee, but suspenders okay. for sure because they've been in my closet the longest. Let's skip that. There we go. Pick a city to live in. Manhattan. Salt Lake. That was like not even a fucking question. It was just like, bam. Yeah, Salt Lake should be. We're the third most hipster city. city. Which of these TV shows <laughs> do you most want to Save Saved by the Bell. For Are sure. Are you kidding? Yep. So the I other mean, no, options what the fuck? Game of Thrones, <laughs> Twin Peaks, Orange is the New Black, The Wonder Years, and Friday Night Lights. I wouldn't be able Saved to decide. Bell. I wouldn't be able to decide between Orange is the New Black and Game of Thrones. How do you listen to music? Spotify, yep, RDA, Pandora. Pandora. No vinyl, iPad, CD player. Something else. Not Pandora. as often as Pandora. How do you feel about this quiz? I don't know. What are other people <laughs> saying? Super fun. Super These fun. quizzes were cool like two years ago. Is it over yet? It's okay. Is it over yet? I'm, You're a closet closet I'm totally cool with being Daria for sure. <laughs> for you, the term hipster is a pejorative one. So you try to distance yourself from the latest strain of underground cool. But deep down, you can't help it. <laughs> Niche tastes and quiet judgment are in your DNA. The good news is that a self-loathing, self-aware hipster is a far less insufferable than the alternative. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like Daria. Hipster quiz. (laughs) All all the hipster quizzes. That's the title, by the way. Are you a hipster is the title. Of the quiz? I want to take one now. The episode. Okay. No. Not the same one. I don't know if we have time. No. I just mean I'll just take one. Yeah. Myself on my own time. Yeah, we're out of time, so because I don't need anybody to. I don't care about the rest. Of me. Can we can we just close with talking about the first women to command the Utah's 419th fire oh, yeah, wing? That's cool. Sure, whatever. 
talk about it. <sighs> Don't sure whatever. It, it's super, super amazing. So it's a historic moment up at Hill Air Force Base. Colonel Regina Sabrick, she is she assumed command on April 14th. They had a master's, they had a big old ceremony and everything for her. She's an accomplished pilot with the Air Force. She is the first woman to command the 419th Fighter Wing. It's pretty much amazing, That's guys. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Go women. Go so women the, in the The 419th Fighter Wing is the first in the U.S. to have F-35 combat ready, by the way, in case you were wondering. What? What? That way, if someone bombs us, we can send our fighters to do... What? What? Never mind. Did you say what? What? I did. Amazing. We're going to send those to Turkey so they can fucking shoot people across the world from us. The Kurds. No. The Kurds aren't going <laughs> to shoot us. <laughs> the Kurds don't have anything. They have way. Like W-H-E-Y? Wait. Oh, my God. Did you fucking really say oh, that? sorry. No, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to Jess. Well, she said they have way, so then yeah. I was clarifying that it's W-H-E-Y way. No, I got it. That's worse than any dad joke Jeremy's ever made. With us today, we have uh, Joanne from Talisman Brewery. How you doing today, Joanne? Pretty good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. We're awesome. Uh, so you're an owner of Talisman with your husband, is that correct? Yes, my husband Dusty and I are the owners of Talisman. We were discussing that beforehand. Are they partners? Are they siblings? <laughs> partners <laughs> in life and in business. <laughs> so how did you guys, uh, well, let's let's start back a little start bit Start from the beginning. We always like to start from the beginning. Are you guys both native Utahns or, or did you transplant here? We are transplant. So we've been here since 2001. Um, we came via the Air Force to Hill Air Force Base. Sweet. And we're from the central coast of California originally. So we met there, spent four years in Alaska, um, stationed at Isleson Air Force Base up there before transferring to Utah. And then Utah was a nice place, so we decided it would be a perfect place to raise family. So what did you guys do in the Air Force? Um, he didn't. I was not in the Air Force oh, as oh, he oh. was, but um, he did kind of uh i don't know a lot of different things admin he was security forces uh he finished his career he actually retired three years ago from the air national guard Sweet. he did seven years active duty and then transitioned over to the guard where he did a bunch of different stuff um but he finished out his uh career as an officer um over personnel that's very cool we've had a few other people who transferred here from Hill Air Force Base and decided they liked it and stayed. Yeah, Harassa was a good a good place and a lot of opportunity. The area of the central coast that we came from, um, there's just not a lot of industry there, so there wasn't really a, a ton of opportunity for us in terms of like fostering careers or anything, and where all of his background was always military, it just made sense to kind of stick close to the base where he had the most opportunity. And going from military to beer is an obvious choice. Yeah, I mean, that's what I thought when you suggested it. <laughs> You're like, yes, for sure. So yeah. what, what did you do in the interim? Were you employed? Did you do other things? Yeah, so um, I actually, when we moved to Utah, I was working for the National Bank of Alaska up there, and they had just been purchased by Wells Fargo about the same time that the Wells Fargo uh, for Security merger happened here. So I lucked out with 
being able to transfer down here. Um, but now I sell toilet paper for a living Sweet. and then beer on the side. So <laughs> I, I feel those go hand in hand as well. Paper yeah, beer. exactly. I, uh, I work for Kimberly Clark Professional um, in my day job, and then I just help with the books and payroll and stuff like that over at the brewery nights and weekends. So. Wow, that's a busy woman, is what that is. Yeah, <laughs> with three kids on top of it. Yeah, it's craziness all the time. So I, I got to ask, as a Kimberly Clark employee, um, are, are you, like, do you get free toilet paper for your home, and is that the kind of toilet paper you use? Um, so surprisingly, <laughs> no. <laughs> We don't we don't get free toilet paper, um, but I do have a preference to Cottonelle, so I stick with the yeah. brand. Yeah, sorry, home no, use. no offense, because I get where Kimberly Clark supplies stuff, but I don't think I would bring that into my house. That stuff is rough. Maybe for the guest yeah. bathroom. <laughs> the guest bathroom. The guest bathroom. <laughs> the in-laws when they come to stay, because you don't want them to stay very long. I just always yeah. wondered, like the people that work for the the supply companies, if if they get discounts or, or free supplies. <laughs> Supplies, and if they use them because they're usually terrible, like you have a thing of waxies on the back of your toilet. <laughs> no, but it's, it's weird because um, the the job has raised my awareness to like hand hygiene. I don't know. That's kind of kind of a strange thing, but I'm a total germaphobe after after the job at Kimberly Clark and. Um, Surprisingly enough, I conduct like the bulk of my daytime meetings in restrooms because we're always looking at something that you know a dispenser that's broken. Or, so <laughs> at the end of the day, it's nice. It's nice to have um, something different to go to that's not you know all happening in the bathroom. I guess. I was gonna say, please tell me you make your kids or your husband clean the bathroom for you. Oh yeah, the, the kids all have a zone. It's a very regimented. I, I work enough. I don't want to have to scrub toilets on the weekend for sure. <laughs> <laughs> enough about uh, enough She's about like, what the hell is this? <laughs> I was going to talk about beer, not poop. <laughs> so technically we're talking about poop. Just the place that you poop. You said wow. you transplanted from Central California, like wine country Central California or more south than that? Yeah, so, well, not Napa area, but we're from just south of Paso Robles from Pismo Beach. So I guess they consider that area like the next Napa. When we left, um, obviously, we were not of drinking age. We were only 18 when we moved to Alaska. But um, we there was like maybe 25 wineries, and I think they have like almost... 250 now so it's grown so the wine industry has grown so much but um for for us too we're like we grew up in an area that's probably about 30 minutes south of firestone walker's headquarters out there so the craft beer culture is pretty strong out there as well as the wine so you moved when you were 18 did were you guys high school sweethearts yes we met our senior year of high school so wow that doesn't yep. that doesn't happen very often. So you've been together for how long now? For twenty three years. Wow. wow. 
That yeah. is that is not a story. I mean, there's there's some there's some story in that because that's not something that happens anymore. Yeah, because it feels like seventy years. <laughs> <laughs> we have to multiply it personal times business, so it probably is like seventy years. Yeah, and and truth be told, you learn a lot about your life partner when you're in a work environment with them because. Dusty being military and some of the jobs he held in the military, he just went to work and did his thing. He came home and, and likewise for me. But then when you have to work with someone that, you know, you see a different side of their personality. So yeah, going into business with friends can ruin friendships. I can only imagine what it would do to a marriage. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. We have some good advice from some, you know, good friends that own businesses that, very early on uh, made it clear that there will never be separation between business and, and home life any longer. So, <laughs> so, uh, how did you get into beer then? So you guys decide you want to stick around in Utah. How, how did you decide, well, let's open a brewery. Um, it started as a joke. So uh, Dusty, um, Dusty had gone on a, like a deployment for the military and this was probably like a decade over a decade ago i guess a decade ago by the time we started the brewery but over a decade ago now and he had come home saying um you know i think i want to brew beer at home and i was like why would you brew beer at home like we don't even drink beer we drink like wine and vodka and like i'm an equal opportunity drinker but like <laughs> beer is not my go-to and then he was like, well, I don't know. I was TDY with this guy, and he says how relaxing it is, and I think it'd kind of be a cool hobby, and so maybe I'm going to check it out. So um, he decided that he was going to buy all the stuff, and then he brewed his first batch of beer. He brewed the Heckweizen because that's something that, you know, we do did drink when we drank beer, and it turned out really, really good. And so he tried a couple other things, like a Mexican cerveza, and then just kept brewing different recipes, and everything that he made was, like, really, really good. And so as he started just brewing more and more things, our palate started expanding. And so when he was getting close to retirement, um, he had kind of tossed around the idea of like maybe opening like a small tap room, um, you know, like very small batches that he could just kind of do as a hobby and then open up for people to come in and like have a beer. And as we started you know of, of course my first reaction was um no like we're adults <laughs> with like real jobs and kids and responsibilities and then he started like just saying like i just think it would be really cool there's nothing like that in utah and they're all over in the places where we travel to and so i was like thought i'd humor him and we started looking into it and you know just thinking that obviously someone with a military background and me not having any background in really anything food service related um you know like we can i'll entertain the idea but really it's probably not going to go anywhere because what bank in their right mind is going to loan money to people who <laughs> have never have never done anything like this before but um so as we started looking more and more into it, that, you know, it, we kind of came up to a scale at what, at what size would it be a hobby that just wasn't an expensive hobby on a larger scale than what you're doing it at home. And, you know, started looking into that and then had some very nerve wracking conversations about like, maybe we should do this. There's not really anything like this in Northern Utah. And, you know, the worst we could do is give it a go and, and have it not pan out to being able to come to real life. And he was really, really passionate about it. And 
you know, it's always so cool to me to see someone pursue their dreams. And I have more of the business side of things and he have, has more of the practical, like application, the brewing, the, you know, all of that was his, his technical skills coming into it. And so, um, we just put one foot in front of the other and decided we were going to make a go at it and, uh, everything kind of fell into place. So crazy or not, here we are. And, uh, the good thing is I have my kitchen back now, so he's not constantly <laughs> cluttering it with brewing equipment. Kitchen and, and the bathtub. Yeah, and I always just tell people, like, it's either, at this point, it's either a hobby gone really right or really, really wrong, and it's just too soon to tell. <laughs> well, I'm guessing it's it's gone right at this point, because you're, what, 10 years into it now? Uh, no, One? just two. Oh, two. two. We just, just passed the two-year mark on the 26th why was I thinking they were ten? Why was I thinking they, they were talked ten, about? Ten, 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 ten brews. Ten brews. Oh, that's why. Yeah. So... so no, it's been it's been a good first couple of years. We've seen a lot of growth. We've seen a very very loyal customer base. Like, I I just couldn't ask for more in terms of you know something that we've never done before. Uh, a lot of blood, sweat, definitely a lot of tears, um, but it's all been worth it. So. So when you talk small batch brewing, give, give us an idea. Like when you make a beer, when when he decides to to brew something new, um, how how big of a batch are we talking? So when we when we're going to add something to our lineup, we start with a fifteen gallon test batch. So that's about three like of the smaller sized kegs worth of beer, um, and we brew it on that scale to kind of just like get some feedback from our employees and. Um, you know, friends and family and just kind of like find out if, if this is something that's going to be viable going forward. And then if it's a 4% beer, uh, we'll sell it for growler fills or now we'll be able to sell it out of the tavern as well. But if, you know, once he's tweaked and fine tuned the recipe, we think that it's going to be scalable, then we'll scale it up and we brew it on a seven barrel system, which yields about 250 gallons. So... So does that become like a, a permanent part of your lineup then at that point where you're just always making it on, on a rotating basis or? Yeah. So we started with an initial lineup of um, six years and we have quickly expanded from our initial six years to, I think we have 13 full-time offerings and then we do a rotating seasonal beer and um, we've, just released a new label called Adventures in IPA, which is actually one that I'm really, really excited about. So IPAs are so many different styles and flavor profiles and, and different ways that you could do it. And so it'll be a rotating label. And every time we release it, it'll be a different recipe under that label. And then we're encouraging people to like use it kind of as like a marketing campaign where they can ha hashtag Adventures in IPA and tag us in a picture. And then we'll randomly select uh, winners to receive talisman swag so we had a guy actually do a really really cool social media post where he had taken it out to dugway proving grounds <laughs> and taken a video of it where like the bomb was going off in the background and it was like really really cool um <laughs> an obvious swag winner but no and then we do uh outside of the seasonals we have a um what we call our talisman presents label and the goal behind it is to uh, release a beer, get the feedback from like the customer base, and then determine whether or not we're going to make that part of a permanent lineup. So we actually had our Hazards Triple IPA came out of that Adventures and IPA label 
our killer grove, which is um, one of our Utah strength beers. It's a blood orange wheat beer came out of the seasonal label. Cause when we took it away at the end of the season, uh, people were like, where did my beer go? That's like the, my go-to beer. And then the utter chaos chocolate milk style also came from the winter seasonal label. Mm, so we, we try to just like, you know, keep it fresh and exciting and new and do something different all the time so that it's not just, you know, we have a very good, solid, permanent lineup, but then also stuff that we like to see rotate through to just kind of keep it keep it new. And are you are you selling most of your product through your own tap room? Or are you doing a lot of distribution through the ABC? How how is that working for you guys? So we don't do a ton through the DABC right now, and um, they. For, for a couple of different reasons. A, it's kind of hard to place beers with them, and when they choose a beer, it you don't get to pick which beers they choose. They choose for you. So we have two flavors with the DABC, the Promontory Pale Ale and the Bell's Fury Red Ale that are available. Um, pretty much any liquor store can carry it, so it's hit or miss if the liquor store near you is carrying it. I found um, it. And then, don't worry, we yay. got one of each. Those, man, carrying four of those bottles is a workout. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In fact, we're sampling them right now. Yes, so nice. they are drinking them on the air tonight. Sweet. They're and getting good And then we head. have um, five Utah strength flavors that we distribute to, like, Harmon, Smith's, Associated Foods, Maverick, Winco, like... Uh, not always guaranteed that every store is carrying it, but uh, Smith's picked us up for their spring set. So pretty soon at all of the Smith's near you, you should see it. I think most of the Harmons are carrying it. I'm pretty sure that every Winco in Utah is carrying it. And then there's just random play like Whole Foods has some of the products. So it's just kind of a collection of, of different things. But um, so retail and then we have a bottle shop at the brewery and that's where we do the bulk of our full strength business out of uh, just because if a customer wanted like our oatmeal stout right now where the state liquor store only has it on special order, they would have to order it a case at a time that they can come by, you know, four or five bottles from us directly at the brewery if they wanted to. Nice, nice. And so that, that grocery store distribution is working out well for you then? Yeah, it's been kind of crazy. Originally, it wasn't part of our um, our business model. We were only going to do full strength, but a couple of the recipes that we had traditionally fell within, like by style, traditionally fell within the like three and a half to like four and a half percent ABV. So we were able to just tweak those recipes a little. When he brewed them at home, he brewed them at four and a half percent, but then he was able to tweak those a little bit uh, to bring the ABV down to the Utah requirement. And then stylistically, you don't lose out on any flavor or body or anything like that. So um, pretty much we, we won't take a beer that was not designed to be brewed at the same strength that Utah strength beer is and put it in a bottle and call it Utah strength beer. We just will keep it to the style that it's supposed to be um, so that you don't miss out on any of that good stuff that's supposed to come out of it flavor-wise. That's good to hear. That's good to hear. I'm, I've got a question. I'm curious, where did the name Talisman come from? I was just going to say that. So, um, I, mean, I know what my, the word means, but I'm saying how, how did you guys come up with that? Yeah, so Duffy's background is um, kind of Celtic of descent, uh, primarily Welsh, but, you know, in that culture, a talisman is an emblem of good luck. And so it was naturally fitting that for two people who have never even worked in the brewing <laughs> industry, 
opening a brewery in a state that maybe is not all that beer friendly, that Talisman being the name and having a little full-time good luck was probably not a bad idea. So that's kind of how all of that came about. That's awesome. I'm sure the loan meeting with the bank was awesome. So what makes you qualified? I like beer. Yeah. Here's well, some money. <laughs> that, I think that that part of uh, so I, I did 10 years in banking and finance before transitioning into more of a like market management role in, in different industries. And so a lot of that experience really translated into the ability to make numbers make sense and make a really solid business plan. Uh, so I was very fortunate to have that, that experience because if not, it, that's pretty much what my resume would have looked like. Like my husband makes beer and I drink beer. We're a natural choice. <laughs> Oh, that's too funny. Well, so who did who did the artwork and came up with the artwork for the particular for the talisman that you're that you're using? So um, we had worked with a, a local designer. Actually, we'd worked with a couple local designers, and we were just having a really hard time with the artwork because I have a lot of um, great artistic ideas. So my degree is in marketing, so like my mind moves that way a lot, but. I have like a horrible artistic ability to translate my ideas to paper. Um, so like all of my ideas would turn out looking like stick figures <laughs> and like, like a third grader or worse drew it. And so um, we had kind of an idea of what we wanted for our logo, but we just weren't hitting the mark with the designer. And so I literally like took bits and pieces of what we had talked about and cut out all these shapes and put them in an envelope and sent them to work with Dusty one day. And then I was like, see if you can like, you know, puzzle piece these together to make it what we're looking for it to be and he came home with that like taped all on a piece of paper and it was perfect <laughs> so awesome. um for our main logo that's how we came about that and then for the beer labels and stuff all of the artwork is like kind of my brainchild and then we actually ran a 99 designs contest for the Bell's Fury label and hooked up with this amazing artist out of um he's actually he's actually based out of the philippines so we do all of our correspondence over uh email and i send him like kind of my ideas and a very vivid description of what i'm looking for and then he hands hand draws all that artwork oh wow and is he literally nails it every time i've only had two revisions ever on any of the labels that he's done for us one of them was to change a color scheme and the other one was to like move something on the label but he just like he totally is the artistic arm to my creative brain and makes everything happen exactly how i hope for it to so so did he do your the trains on the promontory point as well he did. I just sent him over some images of like what it looked like. And then that was actually the one that we did the color scheme uh, changes to. Oh, gotcha. Originally, it was a different backdrop, like the color of the sky in the backdrop was different. And it just wasn't blending very well with the colors from the trains. And so he just made some quick tweaks. But that's all his original sketches from just some images that I provided him. I like the RSL coloring on the trains. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's pretty cool. In fact, that's very cool. <laughs> so you guys do a lot with the community up there in Ogden, don't you? Yeah, we try to do as much as we can. That's really what this whole thing's about for us is, you know, we just want to, like, create a cool place for people to enjoy a beer or good beer for them to take home. But then it's all about what we can give back. So we try to, um, you know, volunteer where we can. Our staff's pretty in tune with that. We're working with the uh, Weaver Pathways Foundation right now. I actually just got some information back today to sponsor a section of trail up there. Um, you know, we, we try to be as involved in the community as we can. And then, uh, you know, we've done like a coat drive, a canned food drive. We've done several uh, raffles where the proceeds have gone to like the local homeless shelter and then also to um, the Catholic Community Services, which is kind of they have a food bank um, that actually supports the school that my younger two kids go to. Uh, with a weekend grocery program and so we try to like give back to you know things that are near and dear to our heart we do a ton of stuff pretty much everything at hill that we can uh, with dusty's military background so we just really try to keep it as real as we can that's what this is all about is uh you know we didn't come into this to it's never our goal to make a million dollars it was our goal for dusty to be able to do what he loved to do and to you know provide something to the community that it was lacking and then to have a lot of fun doing it so so far i think we we've hit the nail on the head well some of the talk about some of the fun that you're having i mean volunteering is fun but you're also doing classes with like we all live you're doing your beer yoga yeah so we have some really great community partners that um we posted beer dinners with uh, we started doing a quarterly brewers tour uh, about a half a year ago where it's like a, we do tours at the brewery. Um, we've scaled that back to just twice a month now that the tavern's open, but where we kind of walk you through what our process looks like. Um, and then we partnered with We Olive to have uh, Josh, the owner of We Olive, and his crew up for one of our brewers tour, and they provided small plate pairings. And then it was like a pretty intensive tour with the, my husband and then our other brewer, Chuck, where they like got to look at yeast and the microscope and really have an intensive look at the brewing process. And people loved it. So we've done it twice now. We've sold out both times. Um, the, my favorite fun thing that we do at the brewery is beer yoga. So, um, <laughs> Minus at least the twice. yoga? That sounds awesome. No, but the yoga, <laughs> the yoga's worth it because the beer's the reward at the end. Um, we have this really funky, fun yoga teacher that comes and teaches an all-levels yoga class. So you could be like the beginner of beginners and not even know what a yoga mat looks like. Or you could be able to like twist yourself into a pretzel that my body would never contort into. And you can do a one-hour yoga class, which is really fun, followed by a five-beer tasting. And it's right in the brewery, in the production space. So, like, when you're doing the yoga, you get to hear, like, the beer fermenting. You get to smell. You can, like, smell beer all in the air. It's really, really cool. It's fun. We've had um, everybody from any background you can imagine come to beer yoga. And I have not had a person say that they wouldn't come back and do it again. So... That's, awesome. That's a lot of fun. Uh, I'm trying to think. I know there's been so many things, so it's kind of crazy. But um, we're this Friday. We're 
having a microbiology class from Weber State come through to take a tour cool. and kind of nerd out on microorganisms. That's awesome. Um, That's awesome. Dusty taught a Dusty taught a sixth grade science class last year about microorganisms and like took in the microscope and they all got to look at yeast cells under under the thing and um you know he he had to answer a bunch of awkward questions about kids and drinking but (laughs) (laughs) but but those are the types of things that we're you know we're trying to do is is give back uh wherever we can anytime anybody approaches us so are you guys the only brewery up in ogden right now um, we're we're not. There's Roosters. They oh, right, are right, right. a brewery, and they do some bottling. I think out of their Layton location, we're just the only production full production brewery. We're not a brew pub. We, you know, the tavern was a new expanse in for us. So, which so we should talk there. about that opened Making, this last weekend. Yeah, yeah, it was super awesome. Uh, we. We got our license a couple of weeks ago, and then we were just waiting on some final stuff with the city, but our grand opening was on Friday the 13th, and it was awesome. We had a a customer that plays the bagpipes that came out and, like, played (laughs) the bagpipes a few songs, like, every 30 minutes uh, for a few hours, and then we had partnered with um, the Toasted Cheeser food truck on Saturday came out. We're going to try to provide more food truck offerings now that the weather's warming up so that... So we don't do any food at the tavern. It's just beer only. Um, so you can come and grab a beer and just kind of hang out and enjoy the environment. And then uh, we'll partner with the food trucks and people can bring in food of their own or order in. We had a lot of pizza delivery from Lucky Slice last week. I'm sure that they were like, Talisman's going to kill us. I saw the Lucky Slice driver like four times on Friday night. That's so. awesome. I'm curious, how did that work where you don't have to serve food? Because most places, they'll even have a bag of nuts and that counts as food. So how, how did you get around that? Yeah, so we do have, um, we we have the Lavender Vinyls, a record shop up in the Ogden area. And one of the owners is also kind of a, does some baking on the side. She has a another business called Lavender Kitchen. And so we've partnered with them and they make a couple of treats like scones and pretzels um, that have our beer in them. And they basically are going to provide pre-packaged treats that we'll sell out of the brewery. And then we're going to do just like some small bags of chips and stuff. But um, other than that, it's pretty straightforward beer and then whatever else they want to enjoy. Yeah, they're just a beer bar, basically. Yeah. Is it kind of license? Is it the distilleries that have to? Is it? It's if they're running a brew pub. They have a brew pub, but you have to have food. Even if it's a burrito in the microwave, you have to have food. Yeah, and I think that they just want to know what the offering is, um, but there's no requirement with a beer tavern license for, like, a split. Like, I don't have to have 60% of my ticket sales don't have to be food. I think that's how Fisher is running, isn't it? Because they do kind of a similar thing with the food trucks. Uh, Fisher and Park City, I think, both operate under the same license that we yeah. Well, what a clever idea, though, to have your treats have your beer in them. Does, yeah, uh, it's really... Does Shades of Pell operate the same way? Um, no, I think that they did originally, but I believe that he has a club license. Oh, well, bar... I did change the name to bar license. 
but oh, I'm pretty yeah. sure that that's what he upgraded to. That's right, because they had a full, they had a, well, burritos. A, a full bar is, is I say that with air quotes, because they had like five or six bottles of liquor there that they were like crappy liquor, but it was all just <laughs> anyway. So how well, did the, how you was know, the, the hard license part, Sorry, I don't mean to cut, oh, no, didn't ahead. mean to cut you off, but I was going to say the hard part with that is there's nothing in between the beer tavern and the mm-hmm. bar license. So in order for breweries to be able to serve their high point offering, because I know that Shades of Pale does like a high point offering, mm-hmm. there's no in-between license. So I'm not necessarily looking to be a bar, but if I want to serve my full strength beer out of the tavern, I have to have a bar license and then they want to not waste the state doesn't want to waste in air quotes the bar license on me so they want me to have a spirit offering as well even though that's not really what we're looking to accomplish so it's kind of a catch-22 hopefully they'll realize that maybe it'd be better if they just let me sell what i make on site at yeah. some point in time yeah it's it's crazy and or or just you know not limit so dramatically the number of liquor licenses that are available yeah exactly hey at least you're not down in washington <laughs> well, they offer one, one license. One. one license. We we had Tanner Leonard, who is a really uh, common, popular uh, liquor lawyer here in Utah, and she said that what is it? A town, a town in Washington yeah, wa- is like no, 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 Washington, Utah. Oh, Washington, that's it. Town of Washington, Utah, down by St. George. One. They, because their ordinance is one per every twenty-two thousand people. So they, they can't yeah. unless unless they have a new census that shows they have forty-four thousand people. They can't get more than one it's so, so crazy that's, that's dumb. Just dumb. so how was how was that process for you to, to first get a, a license to become a brewery like what, what are the federal versus state requirements and then to progress from that to opening a tavern so the federal process was actually a lot lengthier for us than the state process just because they're so backlogged with all the new brewery applications and across all the 50 states Um, That process we thought would actually go pretty quickly for us where Dusty's a veteran and pretty much has never even had a parking ticket to his name. Uh, You know, the background check is sometimes what holds people up. Um, And so we were about six months into the process and hadn't even moved in their queue and finally got a hold of someone and they were waiting on like a very, very simple update. It was like you forgot to notate like the inches on this length of this wall or something along that lines. Like everything else was pretty straightforward um, in the application packet. And so we ended up actually getting the congressman involved to help expedite that process because we were like stuck in that process so um that happened the week after thanksgiving we had our license by the week after christmas of 2015 and then we applied for the state license right after the first of the year in 2016 and had it at the end of january so it was pretty slick um i mean they, they make all the requirements very well known so as long as you're thorough and detailed uh there weren't really a lot of hang-ups except getting stuck in the pile of other breweries fighting for the the doors to open too that's kind of what other people have said once you get the federal the state's pretty easy because they figure once you've done everything the federal requires you're pretty much good to go yeah and i feel i feel like the state was has been very easy for us to work with throughout the whole process um even though utah may have some quirky laws they do want to provide a safe atmosphere for people to enjoy beer and other spirits and beverages and i i think that 
sometimes a lot of it doesn't make sense, but they're not really hard to work with. They're just working what they have with what they have to work with. So, did you have any issues with Ogden, with the city of Ogden, or were they pretty good to work with? <clears throat> no, Ogden's been good to work with. The, the challenge with Ogden is that we're the first of our kind. We're the first brewery that was looking for a place to make the beer, package the beer, sell the beer, and drink the beer all in one zoning so um you, blew you know minds. yeah they were like there's there i'm like the resident expert on opening that type of a business in ogden and so um when we we found originally you know that we were looking to basically the primary goal was to manufacture package and sell the beer so they gave us like the areas of the city that the zoning would allow that and that would also allow us at some point in time to petition for a additional permit that would allow us to open the tavern and so we received that permit a year ago and then started the construction right after the first of the year um you know through the holidays and summer was kind of busy for us but uh, they've been good to work with. I think that they're definitely not trying to stand in the way of any type of progress that we're making. And, you know, for good reason, I think we bring a good tax revenue to them. I get taxed everywhere I turn, so it's good. <laughs> That's the curse of someone that deals with alcohol. Uh, yeah, I mean, everyone wants a, everyone wants a piece, of, piece of the pie there, so... <laughs> So I got to ask, because you said your husband's not even really got a parking ticket. How is it living with such a goody two-shoes? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think that it's, it's kind of just awesome because you know that you know what to expect is that. And that's kind of how we are as people anyways, is like you get what you get and, you know, hopefully you like it. And if you don't, I can't really change who I am. So I'm a, I'm a rule follower by nature, but, um, you know, I'm, I come up with creative loopholes as well. <laughs> Bend the rules, don't break them, right? Yeah, exactly. So do both of your families support your venture or have you had issues with your, with any family members? I think that his parents were a little shocked when they found out that, you know, we were going to pursue this, uh, you know, traditionally they were pretty religious up and up until about a decade ago. And then they started like loosening up a little bit, but, um, I just think that when you tell anybody that you're going to move on to opening a brewery, when it's definitely never been something that you really like talked about your whole life, um, it probably would have made more sense if I would have told my mom that I was going to be a lawyer than if you know I were going to open a brewery. But they've all been really, really supportive. Uh, you know, my my par my parents still live in California, but my mom comes out for every big event at the brewery. She volunteers Aww. where she can. Uh, we put her to work when she comes out so that she can feel a little bit of our growing pain. But uh, his his parents have been really good to support us. They've helped a lot with the kids and stuff. You know, when we were getting this thing standing up and it was so time consuming, um, getting them to activities and sports and making sure that they had a meal at night because I was working until 10. So it's it's been an adventure and a, and a learning curve but so far pretty supportive from everyone well that's fantastic that's it's good to hear 
Church. I want to know more about the tavern. What made you guys decide to go from uh, just making and distributing to having a place that people can come and hang out with you and listen to bagpipers? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, originally we had thought that we were going to open something like that right from the get-go. But when we first got started, we had this naive idea that Dusty and I would be able to keep our daytime jobs and run the brewery, just the two of us. So we actually, when when we first started, uh, quickly realized that there was no way that we were going to be able to brew the beer, package the beer, sell the beer, and have time to serve the beer. So we kind of cut that out of the business plan uh, about six months before we opened our doors and then knew that it was our goal to be able to do that right away. But it's very crazy. So we're right off of 12th and Gibson and Ogden. So we're literally from I-15 directly on the way out to Snow Basin and Powder Mountain and a lot of the skiing. So we get a lot of out-of-towners um, that come to enjoy everything that Ogden has to offer from hiking to biking to skiing and everything else. And they don't understand necessarily the concept of breweries in Utah and that not every place like some places you can go and you can have a drink, but you also have to eat. And some places you can go and just have a drink, but why can't we taste your beer at your brewery? You know, there's all these like quirky laws and we probably get easily a couple dozen a week people that want to just come in and have a beer with no other obligation or they want to taste what we have to offer before they purchase it to take it home. And so that was kind of the thought process behind the tavern is to just create a space where, you know, you can pop in and have a beer or you're coming to buy your beer to take home for the weekend, but maybe we have something new and you want to be able to taste it. And that's really what, what we're hoping to accomplish with the tavern. Well, that's cool. That's that's really cool. What do you what do you see as your your next step? Are you going to quit Kimberly Clark and <laughs> go full time serving beers at the tavern? Or yeah. So back to the learning a lot about your business, your life partner when they become your business partner. Um, we love each other a lot better from five to nine than nine to five. So. <laughs> I feel like I don't I don't really know what the future holds for me. Dusty transitioned full time over to the brewery about two months after we opened. Um, and we've been able to we have an amazing, amazing staff that are like true talisman supporters through and through that really have helped us get to where we're at. Um, we, we definitely couldn't have done it without all of the hard work, dedication and devotion of the people that we work with. Um, I feel like for now, I've got a good balance and I'll probably continue doing what I'm doing for a while, at least until the kids are a little bit older. Um, and maybe we don't need like things like health insurance or, you know, I don't know. I'm trying to be the practical side of things. So, um, and for now, it's really important, too, that we're, you know, we're growing and we're growing fast and we want to be able to reinvest the money that we're making into the business. And so rather than, you know, us coming to work for the business and really taking from anything, we'd rather be able to roll that back into growth, new equipment, new technology, new innovations, tavern expansions, things like that. And so that's really what we're kind of doing right now. Do you guys being up in Ogden feel removed from the Utah craft brew scene or are, have the people in Salt Lake um, and I guess all the way down to Springville um, kind of, you know, enveloped you guys and, and included you in part of that? You know, um, 
Yes and no. So everybody that we've met in the brewing industry has just been so cool. And I think that there's a lot of collaboration and the Utah Brewers Guild is really, you know, coming together as a group uh, to kind of have a unified front. But still, it's Ogden and we're, the, we're really the only brewery like us up there and then Roosters. And so people just are still under the impression that Ogden is Ogden of old days where it's like sketchy and you know like not, not. not a good place to visit no it's like 25th, 25th street in Ogden was rated one of the top uh, 10 downtown areas by sunset magazine like three years in the running and there's a lot of cool things going up in Ogden and uh, it's not that far from Salt Lake I drive it like six times a week so <laughs> so you're saying um, Al Capone would be okay with going to Ogden now totally totally uh, you know and, and the front runner stop is like literally like a mile and a half south of the brewery and right at 25th street and there's so many cool bars and restaurants and such a cool vibe and lots of events and you know the Twilight concert series it's for you know I just always say the naysayers like it's worth the drive up to Ogden there's lots to do you'll, you'll You'll get a good meal. The brewery's cool. You can come check it out. Uh, you know they've got they've got um, the distillery, New World Distillery now through the mountain. Ogden Zones up in Ogden, so there's a lot more of a, the things to do up there. Uh, it's totally worth the twenty five to thirty minute drive that it's going to take you to get up from from Salt Lake. So. Plus, you can stop by on your way to buy lottery tickets, right? <laughs> so, what do your kids think about, you know, Daddy's full time job? Like, is it is it something that they think is really cool? Do they realize how how cool of a job he has? Or, I mean, it's it's yeah. I I think that you know it it go it goes both ways. So, um, our older kids, I feel like this has been a really, really cool thing for them to see how hard you have to work to achieve your dreams. It is like blood, sweat, tears, sacrifice, everything. And they've seen, you know, in, in the process of opening the brewery, we downsized, we got rid of toys and things that we were never going to have time to use. And, um, in addition to that, you know, we, we, moved back from our other house into our rental property that we've had for about 10 years and just really truly downsized our lives in preparation for the impact that this business was going to have on us. And so I think that the message that we sent to our kids in opening this was, you know, you can do literally whatever you want if you put your mind to it. If you want to brew beer and you have an IT and a military background, you can brew beer and have an IT and a military background. Uh, you know, if you... It, and it's still kind of surreal for us sometimes, but I think that they all think it's really cool. Um, there's a lot of pride in the fact that they know that we've we've worked the hard work and we're still in the trenches every day, like making it happen. Um, for you know, and it's for their future. So the fact that maybe they will or will not become beer drinkers when they get older. I mean, I would tend to think that if your parents owned a brewery, you'd probably become a beer drinker. But, um, you know, the, the, the cool factor is there, but in, in the same thing, it's like, you know, be, beyond the cool factor, there's so many more layers to uh, my 
my son and my daughter love to bake dog treats out of the grain from the beer and you <laughs> know they cool. like made me buy awesome. these, like silicone dog biscuit molds and then they mm. thought that they were like we're gonna sell them and you can like sell them out of the store and I'm like no like I can't really sell dog treats that a 12 and 13 year old baked but um you know it's just it's cool because they they contribute where they can and and they do a lot of stuff around the brewery that's stuff that they can do that's their level because we have to spend so much time over there you know we don't just want them at home like stuff in front of the tv netflixing or playing video games they come over and they'll shovel grain out after a brew day uh it's not uncommon for you to see one of them labeling hand labeling bottles because those are the types of activities that they can help with over there uh you know it's a it's a family it's a family thing our staff knows knows our kids they come over and they'll camp in my office and you know they'll netflix and play video games there instead of at home (laughs) so i've got a question for you of all your beers what is your personal favorite oh hands down the iron age so i love all the beers i'm kind of a moody drinker so i drink what i'm in the mood for if it's hot outside i'm going for a lighter beer if it's you know fall i'm like uplifted or bell's fury but the iron age is our oatmeal stout and uh that recipe has been my favorite since he's been brewing it at home and it actually you know for a while he was probably like yeah you're probably like the only one that likes this beer but it actually (laughs) took the gold the gold medal in the 2017 best of craft beer awards and the silver medal in the 2018 best of craft beer awards nice so uh, it's kind of unfortunate that the state doesn't carry a medal winning beer from a brewery that has a medal winning beer two years in a row but uh it's really thoroughly enjoyable it's a dark beer but it's not like syrupy and sweet it's not like overpowering it's very well balanced it's creamy it's smooth you get chocolate coffee toffee it's like a very good sipping beer and and as totally, a total label too yeah and you know what's cool about the iron age label is that's actually my husband's family crest oh that's cool so and the um in the uplifted label the kilt that the gentleman is wearing that's his family tart from you know like from his heritage so we try to incorporate some of the you know little bits of bits and pieces of things here that's all right that's cool (laughs) so what is your best seller do you have a bestseller? <clears throat> so, yeah, you know, we have a triple IPA that's 11.3% alcohol by volume, and it sounds like it would be like death in a bottle, but it is one of the smoothest beers that we make. I think it's super hoppy, but the way that it, the sweetness from the triple IPA balances things out, it, we call it hazards, and it goes down so smooth. Um, that it's like almost dangerous because you want a second glass, but you probably should share that 22 ounce with a friend. So that, uh, and so that's been really, really popular consistently since we put it on our full time lineup. It's in the top two every month, and then the Bell's Fury is super popular. Um, I think that that's a really good balanced beer for people. It's not everybody's favorite. In fact, it's probably one of Dusty's least favorite beers. But I coerced him into putting it on the lineup because I think it fills a a niche for people who are, um, you know, they're not light beer drinkers, but they're not dark beer drinkers, but they're not hoppy beer drinkers either. And so it's got like this malty sweetness and a little bit of tang to it that really resonates with kind of that 
middle of the road crowd that's not going one way or the other. So we just tried that and the promontory points, and I would have to agree. It's it's a it's a fuller body beer, but it's not punch in the mouth either. Yeah, yeah, and I think that that's what people really like about it. The Uplifted is one of our Utah strength offerings. That actually won the gold medal in the 2018 Best of Craft Beer Awards, and it's kind of like the the little brother. So it's <laughs> it's not quite as as bold and heavy of a mouthfeel, but you get a lot of. Uh, very similar like the maltiness a little bit of um tanginess to it it's got a, a really rich flavor profile but it it falls in that same category where it's not a wheat beer or a dark beer or a hoppy beer and so it's been a very popular style for us as well so what are your seasonals let's talk about your seasonals briefly <laughs> So um, we did a gingerbread stout for our winter seasonal this year, and it literally tastes like a Christmas cookie in a glass. So and it was so not to compare, but the only gingerbread I've had was uh, some horrible nasty. It was not. It, it tasted like the bad side of molasses. Was it? No, this <laughs> literally tastes like Christmas in a cup. I don't know how else to describe it. Um, we did a, a beer tasting with our some of our staff and their spouses prior to releasing the beer as we were like getting ready to write the description. And one of our uh, the girls that works for us, her husband, his description was like, and I'm pretty sure this is like a word for word quote. It tastes like Christmas in a glass, but not like Christmas nowadays. Christmas at your grandma's, where the glass would have been set on a doily. <laughs> so. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, it, it was really good. We actually have some of that that we barrel aged in Sugar House Distillery bourbon barrels. Yeah, for Sugar House. And it wasn't quite ready uh, by, you know, like the end of winter. And so we're tossing around the idea of whether we're going to hold on to it now or until the fall and then release it then. Yeah. Or, you know, if we'll release it now. We but, could do like a but, Christmas in July release. Oh, there you yeah. go. Yeah. People would dig. They that. would, and we love that you work with with James at Sugar House. I was going to say we've talked to a lot of distillers, and there's only been a couple that have really seemed passionate about the science behind it. And I, like you and James and Alan at Water Pocket, I think are the three that you can tell have something very special. So truth be told, I blame James for this whole brewery thing. <laughs> um, James and Dusty have played fantasy football together. For years and he used to take his homebrew to the fantasy football draft every year and then the, it was like the fantasy football draft happened in late August of 2014 and he was like but seriously dude like I would buy your beer if you sold your beer and then like less than 30 days later we were establishing a business so that's awesome we love James this, this episode yeah. should be called it's James Fowler's fault yeah yeah uh, I you know James is been a great support and he's he's given us the ability to kind of you know with like letting us know if he has barrels that we can take and doing some fun stuff like I just all of his stuff is amazing we really really enjoy it his bourbon is like the first bourbon that I've ever been able to just drink like neat and uh you know he's just been a, a killer support system for us uh helping us with questions and you know things that kind of cross both industries and so he's been awesome but 
so we've got that. We we're huge fans of Sugar House and and everything that they're doing and accomplishing, and you know that they're doing it from scratch and they're doing it the right way is pretty rad. And then, um, so that's for sure something that we'll continue to do is is age. We've got some uplifted aging in some of his barrels, whiskey barrels, right now. And then a couple of things over on the on the other side that we've got hanging out in some of his barrels. So there will be more to come with with a collaboration with Sugar House for sure. I think all good things alcohol in Utah stem from Sugar House. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just awesome. Like so, we, we we do a lot of stuff with oleo skin and beer, and they are tied to James too. It's just really cool. Yeah. No, it's, it's like cool. seven <clears throat> degrees of separation. Seven degrees of change. Like one. One yeah. Degree. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we um, we didn't do a spring seasonal this year just because we were getting ready to open the brewery and things were like right, the tavern and things were like crazy. But um, last year for our summer seasonal, we did a raspberry gosa which is kind of like a salted style beer, but we put fresh raspberries in it. And that was wildly popular. And so we're going to start good. summer this year with the raspberry gosa because a lot of people are already asking for it to come back. But we may transition to like a blueberry or a different style of it later in the summer. Um, and then we, just with all the stuff going on with the tavern, we did not release our anniversary beer yet. But we're getting ready to package that, and we'll probably release it sometime in May. Um, and it's a Belgian uh, triple that was aged in Pinot Noir barrels from just a, just a Belgian <laughs> style beer that was aged in Pinot Noir barrels from Talisman Wines in Northern California. Are you being so, fed information back there? He should come on with us, too. <laughs> <laughs> he just happened to, to walk in and be in passing. So. No, you're wrong. It's just it, kind. It's, it's good. He's he's the, the beer master, right? So he's the creative mind behind everything that gets brewed and, and definitely, uh, you know, we wouldn't be here without all of his creativity and his skill for sure. All right. We so got, we got one more question for you and then we'll, we'll let you go. So all right. you guys have chosen to live in Utah. You've been to a few different places, I'd say, uh, via the air force. Um, and you've, you've chosen to set up shop here and, and live here and make your lives here. What's one thing that you would tell someone visiting the state that they had to do before they left? Oh gosh, that's such a good one. Um, Wow. There's so many things. There's so many things. You know, I just think that for for people visiting the state that, uh, you know, haven't, it's hard because it's like, where are you visiting? Before you leave, can you touch any part of the state? Because there's so many rad things to do and places to see in Utah. But recently, uh, we did a hike last summer that was the first so we've hiked a lot of different places like we love to be outdoors and our kids are really into that too so it's kind of something that we like aim to doing um as a family and so we have a goal this year to do 52 hikes in 52 weeks which is kind of crazy and we're only three deep and we're like quickly losing time so we're about to step up our hiking game but um some of the hikes in southern utah are some of the most breathtaking places that we've ever been but we hiked canaraville falls last uh early summer with our two younger kids 
and that was one of the coolest experience because it's not a heavily trafficked hike but it was really really cool just the you know there's like a small slot canyon there's the natural wa- rock water slide that we made complete fools out of ourselves sliding down <laughs> um, and that was really cool but then we also had the opportunity last year on fourth of july to hike secret lake and that was like it's like two totally different sides of utah right so like i would say hike but don't just hike like one thing do a variety of different hikes because they're so utah is such a beautiful state with so many different terrains and landscapes that it has to offer that um hike and then and then enjoy a beer after your hike (laughs) so speaking of that beer how can people get a hold of you if they they want to do something event wise or if they want to get your beer yeah for sure so um they can always just call the store or swing by we're at 1258 Gibson Avenue in Ogden. Uh, that's just on the corner of 12th and Gibson, uh, one building off of 12th Street behind the Pita Pit. And they can call the store. The phone number is, or call the brewery. The phone number is 385-389-2945 uh, or email info at talismanbrewingco.com. And uh, that'll get pretty much everybody on our staff that can help coordinate all of that. Um, and, you know, if you if you want to do an event, if you have an idea, if you want to bring a group up, uh, if you want to schedule, like we get um, approached sometimes like this, this Friday, we're doing that microbiology tour. But then immediately afterwards, we have a group of 40 home brewers that work for ATK that are coming in to take a tour with uh, the brewers, too. So reach out and let us know we're we're game for pretty much mostly anything that people throw our way (laughs) 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 well thanks so much for joining us thank you yeah thank you guys so much for having me i appreciate it that's gonna do it for the night uh for the record i told the worst dad joke i just said that (laughs) like Right before the interview, that's what I said. No, I'm just reminding you. Uh, <laughs> in case people <laughs> forgot, after talking, after talking to Joanne from Talisman Brewery, I'm so excited for them, you guys. Yeah, really. I, think cool. I need to get up to Ogden and get you more beer. Really cool. I would love to drive up to Ogden and hang out in the tavern and drink, but then I'd have to drive back. And there's not like taking an Uber back from Ogden's not really ideal because you don't have two DDs in the room. Just drink beer. It's true. Yeah, I don't drink beer. It's we, disgusting. Honey, will you drive me to Ogden? Watch me drink for a couple hours and then drive me home. <laughs> I would probably I would drive you there and then go do something. So no is your answer. What are you, what are you gonna do in O Town? There's so much to do up there. You get shot. I hear that. It's a thing. Uh, you could do, hello, you live in Kearns. <laughs> Have you watched the news last week? Magna was the last place there was fair, a shooting. There was a body found in Taylorsville, or I guess that's West Valley. There was the Kmart. Well, there was a shooting yesterday in West Valley, too, wasn't there? Yeah, and two shootings in Magna this week. Okay, none of those are Kearns, motherfuckers. <laughs> but Look, I'm really the first gross. to tell you we live in gangland, but it ain't gangland like the other places are. So, And I watched a documentary on Compton uh, a, I know, uh, like we a know. week ago. I we talked know. about it. Made me feel better about Kearns, like we could actually produce some kind of talent. We're aspiring to be Compton. <laughs> Straight out of Compton. <laughs> Straight out of Kearns, motherfucker. <sighs> Cruising down the street in my Prius. <laughs> that's not a that's not a vehicle you see often in Kearns. Uh, 
All right. Well, uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, thanks again to our guest. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at TNU Podcast. Uh, if you want to take that awesome quiz to find out if you're as hipster as Jess. Uh, Closet hipster. We will, we will post that on our website uh, where there is one new profile uh, if you want to read it. Uh, I don't really give a shit. Um, I don't think anyone looks at those pages, if I'm being honest. That's actually not true because I read who like statistics and people do. Uh, I just need priest now. But it's thenewutah.com. There won't be a family. That's not going to happen. <laughs> uh, I'm going to have to just write one for her. Then it'll there. be lies. It won't be a true bio. That's all right. No one, no one knows the difference. They'll be like, oh, I love this too. And you're like, what are you talking about? I didn't know that Bree was into hair bands. That's so sweet. She totally is, though. That's one of the things that you know. No, I'm know. not. <laughs> she loves Twisted Sister. We're not gonna take it. No! We're not gonna take it! <laughs> so I took the quiz that we started with the, <laughs> with the, the, with the, originally with Jess, and I got, uh, Six out of 84. I am so not a hipster. Are you a circle? Because you don't have any edge. You don't <laughs> care what the kids are up to. You're just doing your own thing, which happens to be all the normal non-hipster people are doing. <laughs> Yay.